11 o'clock comics episode idea was that anyway? Christopher! <laughs> You're super serious. Hey. Um, I got a show that's now on episode like 225. Work for and 13 us. was the best one ever. <laughs> oh, what an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, no, no, after, after episode 11, it kind of, it, it almost was going downhill, but you guys, you, you guys came back. It was good. Was that, were you on 11 or 10? Yes, you I was on 11. It was 11? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, am I the only one of us that hasn't been on AC yet? Yep. Yeah. I think it's going to stay that way, too. <laughs> <laughs> they want to keep it going, yeah. If Sal has anything to say about it, that's true. Yeah, really. Oh, that's so, true. I, I tell Talk you about what, recap you, pages. You, yeah, oh, God. That, what a funny discussion that's turned into. That's uh, awesome. Because it was kind of a an off, not an offhanded comment, but it's turned into quite the controversy, you know, to, to recap or not to. I, I'm pro-recap because I have absolutely no retention yeah. level. Me yeah, too. You're I, right. I six months without reading a title, so I love the recap. Absolutely. Yep. I mean, the, the, over on the AC boards, the recap is like February's final crisis. It's just, it's, it's amazing the and, amount of I- interaction that, that that's going on over there about this. You know, I don't well, count count pages, but does the recap page take away from the 22 page story? Yes, and that is why I believe Dan DiDio said that he didn't want to do the recap because it would take away uh, take away a page of story. He'd rather oh. find a way to tell better, coherent, cohesive stories. He'd rather find a way to be able to actually get the story across that makes sense instead of using a recap page. So I hope oh. yeah. I hope they finally you know start to do that one of these days. Well, thank you, worst editor in chief DC Comics ever had <laughs> exactly. for your for your input. Yeah. Oh no, no. But if, for, for for people that want to know a little bit more of what we're talking about. We were talking about the Neil Gaiman uh, issue of Batman, which came out last week and, yeah. or two weeks ago, and, and it's a very well written issue. And it's it's it looks great. It's well written. But if you don't know what's going on with Batman, your shit is completely <laughs> lost. That's a problem. Completely lost. I I read that thing and was like, why did I buy this goddamn thing? Did you listen to, to? I mean, Tom's the only one out of the three of us who actually had an idea of what was going on, and didn't it make sense after after Tom kind of explained it? Oh, sure, sure. But I mean, having read it, and uh, I mean, I, as you guys know, I was not—I'm not historically a big Batman reader, so I had read the, uh, the some of the you know the Morrison stuff leading up to this. But but I read that issue and was like, huh? I was like, this issue clearly wasn't written for me. Wow, we yeah, are lip roaring tonight. I, we I didn't even do the name thing yet. <laughs> we, 
I got to oh, find out. I got to see. You? I think it's great that an exclusive artist David's drunk. Only, only took this long to finally produce a good fucking looking comic book. He's drunk. You're toasted. Look at him. Well, we can't right. look at him. Where the hell was All this right. Cuba when he was doing Batman back when Morrison started? Go ahead. Let's let's start the show. All right. Yeah, I'm Chris. 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 Well, I didn't do me. Who are you? I don't know who I am, but this is 11 o'clock comics. Welcome, people. I'm Vince B. I'm Christopher Neesman. <laughs> I'm drunk. I'm David Price. You are drunk. I'm so drunk. <laughs> and, uh, I'm Samuel Jackson. No, you're not Samuel Jackson. You're not. You're Jason. Who is he? <laughs> Where's my you're not, super you're not. He's like he's, he's trying to pat it out. He's like, no, you're not. You're you're not. <laughs> you're not. No, you're 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 not. And that's your baby's daddy. Uh, you're you're Jason Wood. God love nice. you. What's up, yes. Y'all? How about today? Did you any of you scan the comic, the new comic tables today? It's Wednesday. It truly is. Duh. Can't, pl- can't Planet help Hulk. It truly is Planet Hulk. Four. Count them. Four Hulk or Hulk related titles came out today. They what? Yep. So, uh, Scar, Son of Hulk. She-Hulk, okay, which I think is canceled, right? But there's going to be a new She-Hulk miniseries. So it's kind of like the same thing. Yeah, Savage She-Hulk. Um, Red Hulk and a double-sized Hercules came out today. Four. Hercules, nice. I- I'm looking yeah. forward to two of those four issues. So someone could say that it's it's now the Emerald Age of Marvel Comics? Or the Jade Age? I, you know what? It's truly a wonderful world that, oh. that can support four... Ongoing Hulk-related books. I don't care what anybody says about Marvel. If they can get their shit together to do four Hulk Same titles thing. and they sell, but a boom, I'm there. It's funny. I bought 18 books this week. Is a huge week. Not one of them was any of those. Oh, but they're they're so good. Oh man, they are. But, we talked about it last week, though. I, I know. And and let me let me backpedal because I on on Vince's recommendation, I picked up the uh, the first two Incredible Hercules trades. All right. And they were damn good, weren't they? I haven't read them yet. I picked them up. Uh, <laughs> He's just touching them for now. He just picked them up and then put them back there. Yeah. Resting them. So here we are again. Love it. We are. Yes. Baby. See, we started start off strong. The, should, we, should we start the drink roll call off with the with the drunkie in the corner over there? Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> All right. All right, drunk boy. What are you drinking? I'm having a screwdriver, but I think I fell with the vodka. No, no. Actually, I don't think I fell with the vodka. I <laughs> fell with the vodka. What does that mean, you, you fell? I there, there seems to be more vodka than OJ. Oh, it's hitting you. Nice. Oh, you fell, which means you tipped the bottle more. Yes. Oh, see, I got it. I got it. Yep. Yep. I'm on top. Yeah, just of it. just added some orange juice for color. That's it, basically. Yeah, it's like a very <laughs> pale looking orange. Nice, Mister Mister Wood. How about you? I am drinking an Atwater Hell Hail Lager. It's a little. Uh, it's actually brewed in Detroit. So uh, Chris Marshall and. Uh, Derek Coward, if you're listening, let me know if what you think of this stuff. This is my oh, first sure. my first uh, six packs of this, and it's pretty damn good. It's a pale ale. Uh, it's, it's got a nice little bite to it, and uh, this is my third of the sixer. And I think I'll be done the six by the time we're done this uh, this episode, if it all goes no well. No kidding. Damn, yeah. well, I could never drink six beers at once. Oh, never. That's just that's just called getting started, Vince. No, I'm a baby. When it, when it comes to, <laughs> when it comes to alcohol, I, I, my body just doesn't process it well. I just that's, get all stupid. That's what you drink in the car home from work. Oh man, I'm a, I'm the lightweight, I guess. Oh, of course you are. Yeah. Don't drink and drive. Um, I talked to Chris Marshall this week. Um, he's, he's and he's nice, doing great. Nice PSA there. <laughs> well, I was like, Don't drink and drive. I talked to Chris Marshall. 
the, the sixer is what you drink on the way home from work. And I was like, no, that's terrible. Don't drink and drive. Um, yeah. What am I drinking? What am I drinking? Oh, um, this is my favorite uh, winter drink, and uh, it's been it's been a while since I've had one. And you guys know I was coming off of being being pretty sick last week, so I wanted to um, I wanted to share uh, my my favorite winter drink and also my favorite cold remedy drink, and that is a hot toddy. Nice. And, and nice. Everybody, Everybody kind of makes a hot toddy differently, and my my recipe uh, for a hot toddy is uh, with uh, uh, Jameson Irish whiskey, and uh, I like I like to uh, I like to drink them in a wine glass or a coffee mug, uh, just because you have a stem or a handle so you don't burn your hand. But mm-hmm. uh, um, this one I've gotten just a big wine glass, and it's uh, a little bit of honey. Uh, a shot of Jameson Irish whiskey, and then I take uh, a, a full slice of lemon and put full cloves and embed them into the into the slice of lemon. Put that into the into the glass or mug, and then fill it almost to the brim with uh, uh, boiling water out of a out of a tea kettle, and just give it a little bit of a uh, of a stir. And there you go. That's my recipe for a hot toddy. Nice. Mm. That Jameson stuff goes down pretty easy. It's very my favorite. tasty. It's my favorite. <laughs> I was making an innuendo, but uh, <laughs> does uh, any, anybody else have a variation on a hot toddy recipe? Renee's is uh, is her tea and uh, and honey and some, I believe, E and J brandy. A brandy hot toddy. Yeah, very drink- tasty. I'm drinking black and tan again, also known as packing. Fam, but that. How's the mouth feel this week? <laughs> Smooth. It, it's very good, and it's got a lot of lacing around the inside of the bottle. <laughs> Any striations you can feel with your tongue? Or? No, no, it's 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 beautiful. It makes me feel like I I was still in the crib. It's got a very, um, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but it's good beer. I I, I can't attribute feels to beer. It tastes great. Well, that's all you need. Yeah, it tastes great. I'm, right. I'm going to have to find some of this jingling stuff. Yeah, I'll send you some. Or, I'll, or can you take alcohol in a suitcase when you fly? Do they care? Oh yeah, dude. You know how many you know how many fists of Jim Beam I've transported from one side of this country to the other. There you go. I'll do that. I'll I'll bring a six pack out with me. Wouldn't you be when, worried about the six pack exploding though? Oh, didn't think about you know, that. Because wasn't see, there I, a story recently about diet uh, soft drinks, the cans exploding at a certain? Um, Altitude. Oh, absolutely. But don't they it's, serve it's, you cans in in the in-flight refreshment cart? Maybe they're controlled, though. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. The cabin well, is pressure, pressure sensitive. I'll see, I'll see if I can order some yingling from uh, from their site. You'll love it. Oh, it's so good. It's the nectar of the gods. Oldest yeah. American brewery. Bitches. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah. All That's right. That's how we do it. <laughs> That's how we do it. <laughs> Enough of this stuff. Let's start talking some comics. Is what we Dude, do. Let's talk comics, baby. You're all jazzed up. Why don't you go? Well, good because I want to talk about a comic that you talked me into buying at New York Comic Con. Oh, I forget now. Let me see. What was it? It was the uh, five dollar trade uh, section. Right. Um, right. Yeah, I don't remember. The losers. Oh yes. Oh you bo- yeah. I got Welcome. all five trades. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess I was it, I, I, you, a little uh, impulsive, considering I hadn't read any of it to know if I would like it. But uh, I had a chance to read the first trade called Anti Up. It's the first, I think, what five issues, five six issues, and it was written by Andy Diggle, uh, art by Jacques 
uh, colors by Lee. Is it how you say Lawridge? Low Ridge. Lowridge. 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 Low Ridge. Yeah, we we Lowridge. Mm-hmm. He's a uh, New Yorker. Okay, it was fantastic. Uh, I have very little experience reading Andy Diggle. Um, I, I guess I've I've read a little bit of his stuff most recently on Thunderbolts, but um, haven't really been one of those guys that's necessarily a Diggle fan just because. I wasn't that familiar with his work. I know he's he's well regarded. I don't think I've ever seen uh, anything done by Jacques before, but wow. this book was an unbelievable treat. It was so so good. Uh, I guess for people that aren't familiar with it, and I wasn't until I stumbled across it at, at uh, the New York Comic Con. It's essentially a espionage book, but it's it's about a group of ex spooks, ex CIA guys that are or ex special ops guys that have been for a reason I won't get into. I don't want to spoil it. Were you know, put on the uh, the uh, the outs with the uh, with the government, and they have to figure out a way to clear their names and get themselves back in the good graces. And uh, there is some stuff that happens right away that's like would be perfect. It'd probably be like the perfect action movie. You know, that the the first heist. I don't know if you, if you guys all read this. Well, here's hoping it will be. I think they are making a movie of that. Yeah, oh, they really? are. Okay, great. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. But I mean, the thing I was most impressed with. I mean, the, the book was very well written. I can certainly Andy Diggle uh, deserves praise for it, but. Um, the Jacques stuff was just fantastic. Yeah. Uh, you know, as you guys know, I'm a, huge, I'm a huge Hickman fan. This reminded me of a more refined version of, of, of Hickman's, you know, Hickman loves to use the very angular, almost geometric, you know, pop art kind of influences in his work. And, and this book was very similar to that. I mean, the, the, the illustrations are to me very linear. Uh, all of the buildings and the, uh, the vehicles seem very technically, pr- technically realistic, but, uh, but, but never over rendered though. But Correct. Jacques, yeah. Jacques yeah. brings a tremendous amount of graphic design to his page layout. It's it, it's absolutely, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for saying it in yeah. a much more eloquent way than I could have. Yeah. But that's exactly what I'm getting at. Yes. I, I see so, him as a restrained uh, Ashley Wood. Some a somewhat yeah. restrained Ashley mm-hmm. Wood. Yeah, he's great. But just Fair. terrific. So I have the other four trades. I can't wait to read, and I highly recommend this to anybody that's looking. And and I guess apparently, um, Diggle and Jock were also the same team that did Green Arrow Year One. So mm-hmm. I was talking to Sal actually on Twitter about this this week, and because uh, he he made mention of it to me. So I, I I'm going to have to run out and, and pick up that trade because um, I'm, I'm all that's about great. the Jock work now. So yeah, Jock nice. Jock is awesome, and I love his interior work, but his cover work is. Amazing! He's one of my favorite cover artists. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, funny uh, around comic story in kind of not not that not that it wouldn't have happened anyway, but that the losers is kind of how Sal dis- Sal discovered I was a comic book fan because we worked together. And in my office uh, the day I, I started working there, I put a losers poster up in my office and it's like oh you're you're a comic book fan and so it was uh it was the losers that uh, kind of introduced us to each other as comic book fans and, oh, and their like, eyes met from across the room <laughs> strangers in the night <laughs> that's that's a pretty cool story when, now so when did this this came out in 2003 it says yeah so and have you not known Sal that long? I assumed you guys have, have known each other for like 20 years, but apparently not. No, no, it's, uh, we met, uh, be five years ago in June. Fast Happy anniversary. anniversary. I know, I know we've been married <laughs> for almost five years now. Uh, but, uh, you yeah, it's, notes uh, back and to each other <laughs> at work? No, no, we yell at each other. Um, but no, you hang yeah, up. The, the, the lose, yeah, no, you hang <laughs> up. I love you, I love you. No, it's, uh, the losers, one of my, one of my, favorite series of this decade and Andy Diggle has not done wrong uh, 
uh, for me yet. I haven't read anything I haven't liked of his. Nice. So, so what are you guys reading? Wow. Lots of oh. stuff. Awesome. <laughs> 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 was that a wow, like what a horrible segue? Or was that a no, wow? I... I I don't want. I don't want to start talking now because if I do, I'm not going to shut up. Uh, uh, let me let me go later on in the show. Okay. Chris, what are you reading, buddy? Oh God, I've started this terrible, terrible habit of reading multiple trades kind of at the same time. I'll start a trade, I'll put it down, I'll pick another one up, I'll read an issue, I'll yeah. set it down, which, uh, in my opinion, kind of defeats the fucking purpose of a trade. <laughs> um, but. Um, no, I've um, Tom and I are going to be talking about uh, Tom B. Land's uh, True Story, Swear to God. Nice. Yep. Nice. So uh, that's our, our our book of the month for the last eight months. Right. Um, yeah. So we're actually going to uh, record that. So I've been reading, uh, or actually rereading that because it's been so long. I'm just about done with the Savage Dragon archives. Which, speaking of, uh, 145 came out today. Which is which cover? The, it's I got the um, the Obama fist, the fist pump. pump. Okay. Yep, yeah. Yep. <laughs> And it's the uh, it's the issue of Savage Dragon where Dragon uh, rejoins the the Chicago Police Department. Ooh, spoilers! Oh, oh. well, no, hey, <laughs> no. he's wearing no. a he's wearing, he's wearing a fucking CPD <laughs> uniform I, on the cover. <laughs> I'm <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. Um, but apparently, this is a great Peter Parker's Footman spoilers. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a great jumping on point. So I'm reading Dragon again monthly. Awesome! I, that makes me so happy to hear you say that. I'm very, I'm very excited about it. Uh, gosh, what else have I been? You know, speaking of variant covers, on <laughs> we were no, he just talked about That's the two segue, the two seven. Now, ideally, speaking I of, speaking of eggs Benedict. <laughs> no, I ideally I would want the Obama cover, but because I get my Savage Dragon from DCBS. Mm-hmm. I, I never know what cover I'm going to get whenever I whenever there's an option and you can't specify in the order mm-hmm. form. I yeah. always, without fail, get the cover I like least. It's just the way things work out with me for DCBS. Like I, I'll get the the police officer cover. I won't get the Obama one. I can almost guarantee it. Mm-hmm. Isn't that weird? Is that my karma coming back to me or something? Oh, no, it's, it's what you get no, for not going karma, and buddy. buying your books from a oh. supporting a local comic shop. Oh man! <laughs> this, this portion of the show is sponsored by Tim Rackworth. No, oh, speaking <laughs> of so so pissed. <laughs> So pissed tonight because they didn't have any copies of the Starman Omnibus Volume Two at at Dark Tower, and Beatty wasn't there. He was like out to dinner or something. And I looked at, at DJ who was working there, and I was like, "You tell Beatty I'm going to yell at him on Friday if he doesn't have me a Star a Starman Omnibus Volume Two here, son of a bitch." Um, <laughs> See, if you ordered yeah. your books from DCBS, you'd have them. Oh, exactly, exactly. <laughs> You know that don't don't nice. don't think for a second I won't be telling Beatty that either. <laughs> but if I had ordered this shit online, I wouldn't have to worry about your lazy ass. You listen to me, uh-huh. big man. Diary of a European eleven o'clock comics fan. Wake up, leave a voicemail, check the forums. Vince isn't awake yet. Maybe I'll check back later. Look at Twitter. Try to follow and understand wood on twitter next invest a tenth of my income in the yingling brewery check the forums still not awake <sighs> leave a voicemail e- email jeff lemire and tell him i've ordered my 20th copy of the nobody 
This time I'll order a sketch of Vince's left hand. I should have enough for the whole thing now. I wonder if Jeff has realised what I'm doing. Hmm. Check the forums. Vince still isn't awake. Check Twitter. Try to understand and follow Wood on Twitter. Invest some more of my income in a bourbon. Bourbon company that makes bourbon. Chris would like that. Check the forums. Leave a voicemail. Listen to Around Comics. Destroy smallest shrine I've constructed to Thomas Caters because of the sarcastic and very, very disheartening comments he made about about me personally. Burn 50% of stash of pubic hair of Thomas Caters I purchased from eBay a month ago from someone who bumped into him at a con or a strip club. Check the forums. Leave a voicemail. Vince is awake. Oh, he's gone again. Go back to bed. Fuck it. Another another one that uh, I think Vince suggested that I'm about halfway through on the trade is the uh, the darkness, the volume one Ooh. by um, uh, the one that doesn't fall apart. Yes, right. Bill, Hester, Bill Hester and Michael Broussard, the four ninety nine mm-hmm. trade. I'm about uh, about halfway into it, and it's really good. It is right. It's very good. Yeah, I'm two for two. How about that? Yep. Yep. David, I recommend anything to you <laughs> that you took me seriously on anyway. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah. No. I, I, another one. I'm, the darkness is awesome, yeah, and, and I'm glad. I'm glad you're you're loving it, Chris. Yeah. It's who, Bill Hester would, is a dark, twisted son of a bitch. I guess I was just gonna say, uh, Hester's known for certain things, but I would never think that he would be able to do this well on the darkness. Made me buy the book. I guess that's the highest compliment I can pay. Because uh, aside from Garth Ennis's stuff, I I wouldn't touch the darkness with a ten foot pole. That's a long pole. And now you yeah. got us reading it. I know. How about that? It's, Top Cow does good uh, stuff. And that four ninety nine, what a gr- for, for at a time when trade prices are starting to get jacked up, and just comic prices in general, uh, everyone's kind of uh, torqued off about about the pricing of comic books. For Top Cow to come out with a four ninety nine introductory trade is, um, I thought that was I thought that was great of them to do that, and yeah. um, I, I I love supporting it, and the fact that it's really good. Uh, makes it even better. Yeah. Yeah. Will, an, another thing about their trades, the subsequent volumes of Witchblade that came out after the four ninety nine initial trade, I mm-hmm. don't think any of them have been over seventeen ninety nine. That's good. Okay. So they're they're not jumping on the nineteen ninety nine band bandwagon mm-hmm. for stuff that used to be sixteen and seventeen ninety nine, which I uh, I noticed today in the Marvel previews catalog, their trades are getting expensive. Yes, they I'm, are, my friend. Yeah. Getting, I'm getting very close to not buying any Marvel comics. I'm, I'm about four away, and if their cosmic comics weren't as good as they are right now, it would be easy to just say, fuck it, I don't need to read any of these. Yeah, I wish I could do that, but th- yeah, there, there's so many good Marvel titles coming out now. Uh, I know I'm gonna I'm re- risking my reputation of the the let's piss on Marvel dude, but <laughs> oh, I've taken that title away, Vince. You well, you, you can You're you can remember that you now. can use it for a little while. Like we talked about last week, the cosmic titles are blowing up all over the place. The Hulk books are great. Hercules is is, is really strong. 
the only weak link I could see, and it's the books that should not be the weak link, are the Avengers books. And I know there are a lot of people that would disagree with me, but I, I have absolutely... Yeah, I have no interest in the Avengers whatsoever or Osborn. Wait a the, Secret Warriors, though. I d- I'm not interested in that, no. What? No, I don't I don't really care. Avengers-related books, they don't register. Dagger into my heart. Uh, I, I know Hickman's great, <laughs> but I don't I don't really want to read it, especially spiraling out of Secret Invasion. You're not a fan of the Fury? Uh, yes, to a point. Um, I followed the guy in the past, and uh, the original series is fantastic, uh, like the Howling Commando stuff. Mm-hmm. But I just don't care. If it's tied into what's going on in the Marvel Universe with Osborn and Stark and, and all that crap, I don't want to know about it. You're going to pick up the uh, Howling Commando one-shot that was solicited this month? I don't know. But I am going to pick up the Tales of Asgard collection when they finally finish. They're reprinting the Kirby backup that ran in Journey into Mystery. <sighs> Yeah, the, the, I think it's going to be a four-issue, 48-page each-issue series, but when they put that in, you know they're going to put it in a hardcover. Is, is there any way they can, they can re-ink those? <laughs> well... Are, they, are these uh, um, our man uh, Coletta? Uh, Vinny yeah, Coletta, yeah, yeah. most of them. Who, uh, Vince, who is your favorite anchor on Kirby? Um, see... That depends. If you want the truest approximation of Kirby's pencils, you would go with Mike Royer. But if you wanted an interpretation, I don't know. Ah, jeez, there have been anybody but Vince Coletta. You know, <laughs> I think the while, cleanest might have been Sinna. Yeah, That's, yeah, and Joe, say, Joe would be the most common answer, I would think, right? Yeah, but popular. Joe had a personality. Yeah, of his own, which really meshed well with Jack, mm-hmm. uh, and then it, it it depends. But my all-time favorite Kirby inker is Mike Royer because you know that he inked exactly what Jack put on that paper. Nice. I'm probably well, gonna get we, this name all wrong. Is Aracosa was that an inker on, or am I just messing that all up? Uh, I was talking. I was talking to to Andy Parks, and there was one, uh, a guy that. Uh, the ink Kirby very little, just you know, a, f- a few times in his career, and and Andy just loved his inks on uh, on on Kirby, and I'm trying to. Hmm. Think of us. I'll, I'll have to I'll have to find out. Well, we've got Kirby out of the way. Can we talk Morrison real quick and knock him off too? Or? <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> hey, well, hey, what, one mar- one Marvel thing that I am looking forward to, and and I'll I'll put down my Marvel my Marvel hate stick for a minute. Did you guys see the preview pages for uh, the Jason Aaron, Tony Moore, Ghost Rider? Did yes. I? Did, I guess re, I don't think you were on Twitter today, were you? No, I was working. Yeah, I tweeted that uh, it's, it should be illegal how good Tony Moore is. And I Holy shit. All you gotta say is a, fucking World War II Ghost Rider in a biplane shooting Nazis. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's no joke. Or the group of them in a tank. <laughs> fucking awesome, man. Yeah. <laughs> There, those guys are having so much fun. Cowboy, Cowboy Ghost Rider, Nazi Ghost Rider. Or, I mean, uh, who else was on that page? I'm trying to think. Uh, it was like a, a march, th- a march through the ages. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. I, I think. What's uh, did you see me? Did you, actually, did you see me uh, uh, tweet at Jason about that? No, about I was working. I, I, <laughs> uh, I said, uh, I said, how much fun are you guys having on this? And uh, and he tweets back. He says, uh, "Wait till you see the Smokey and the Bandit Ghost Rider." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did too. See, you're cool. Jason Aaron responds to your tweets. Hey, he's Chris. He's a host. Of AC. No. That's, yeah, you're the man. You're the man. Hey, Jason. Jason's good people. He yeah. is. 
Damn good it's writer. a damn good comic too. Somebody um, recommended Ghost Rider to me. I forget who it was. Um, yeah. It doesn't uh, matter when you start talking about it. People will know. <laughs> That'll be next week. Yeah. As soon as you read that Ghost Rider <laughs> trade, it'll, Vince, it'll Vince, oh time. my God, I can't believe how much you've been talking about Ghost Rider. It's <laughs> awesome. It is the shit. Now, um, <laughs> Javier Salteras and uh, your boy did the Danny like Ketch. Minis- they did the, the Danny no, Ketch. No, no, not my boy. Uh, Javier and Tom Palmer did the Danny Ketch mini. Oh, your boy. No, really? my, boy, my boy is Mark Texiera. Tom. Yeah, I thought I thought because in the Marvel previews catalog, Tex is listed as doing some of the art. Maybe it's a misprint uh, or an I, error. Could be. Oh my God! Is Tex or, still doing Ghost Rider? Uh, not uh, Moon Moon Knight. Is he still doing Moon Knight? No. No. Is it Hollow? I took a look at Moon Knight on the Alexander B's recommendation. I I looked at the latest issue today at the shop. <laughs> There's no way I'm buying that shit. <laughs> no way. <laughs> <laughs> young Alex, oh. saying young Alec need need to get off the right tip. I do like the character, but that art. I, I hate to I hate to disparage an artist, but I just did not find anything likable about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is well, that the, the way, consensus? Or congrats to Alec for being yes. employed for the first time in his young life. Very, Very nice. Good. It all goes downhill from here, buddy. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Is is that the popular opinion that the, that person is not? Um, no, I haven't. I haven't looked at a Ghost Rider comic. Uh, since you mean she, Moon Knight? Moon Knight since right. uh, the five, six. I don't know. Before yeah, me too. It's it's one of the few ongoing Marvel books I dropped without hesitation. <laughs> now, because of Houston. Uh, yeah. I mean, I did it, books partly. Yeah, I mean, for the most part. But but Finch was extremely heavy-handed with the image look in those uh, first issues. It was like it reminded me of Bart Sears. Well, I'm not, not yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I guess, well, that's I not a bad thing. You know what I mean? That hypermuscular, oh. you know, muscles where muscles shouldn't be. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad Finch versus good Finch. See, see, I think I'm regressing because I am gaining an appreciation for guys like Finch and Bennis oh, on Finch Justice looks League. Great, on, no, I, uh, like Ultimatum. Right, but in the past, those were guys I would pass over. But now mm-hmm. I'm noticing little things about the work that I'm liking. Uh, Campbell though. <laughs> Three finger how, could, how could you go wrong with camel toe? Can't go wrong on a woman. No <laughs> woman <laughs> versus a mafro. No moose knuckle. No moose knuckle. Moose and squirrel. Um, so David, we, what what are you enjoying besides well, as, that screwdriver? <laughs> really, damn. As far as new stuff, I, I was reading the latest uh, the Green Lantern that came out today before we started. Uh, no, no, I'm not because I didn't I didn't finish it yet. But I, from the past week or so, I wasn't really thrilled with uh, Justice League of America number thirty. I'm stunned. Wait, I'm so glad I'm what sitting are you down. Talking about Bullshit, you've been pissing on you've been pissing on Justice League for a couple issues now. I dropped. Yeah, you have uh, You dropped it. You mean with the with the, with the quote unquote yeah. fill-in issue last month? Yeah. See that? Right. Yeah, that's the I one. Know. You were. Yeah. yeah, I I haven't been happy with the JLA issue. In a while, I'm just like, why am I buying this book if I don't enjoy it? So yeah, I'm, I'm done. I'm done for a while with JLA. Oh, I'm sad. I'll, fo- I'll focus on JLA. <laughs> What's so the, funny? The, the, <laughs> I'm sad. Oh. I am. Um, I kind of. I mean, I want to <laughs> like it because it's McDuffie and it's Milestone. So I mean, there, there should be two great tastes that go great That's together. But I'm, mm-hmm. right up early, right? I'm, I'm looking like the Shane Davis cover. Not really feeling it. The issue just kind of felt a little flat. I don't know who the hell this 
Jose Luis guy is, but I would definitely change my name so no one would ever think that I might be an artist that um, of the Garcia Lopez uh, quality of caliber. This, this I was not loving this art. It's <laughs> just I'm I'm trying not to. You're trying to be want, diplomatic about it. It's what you're doing. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to be like yeah. you know. I'm talking about Moon Knight or anything, but it's just it's. Yeah, I wasn't uh, less said about this. I mean, it's like oh look, there was sort of a kind of a um, stage in in Roy and Kendra's relationship for a couple of panels, but even that, I was like that, that, that kind of felt like it stopped the story just so we could focus on that for a second, and then Wait, back you, to the story. It, did they go somewhere they, they, they had never gone before? Like back door or something or what? Yeah, in the back of a the back of a Volkswagen. The uh oh, I was talking about a different kind of back door, but yeah, he, mean, he means a pooper. That's oh, someplace uncomfortable. Uh well, did you did you read uh was it twenty eight? I'm way behind in, in Justice League. Uh, There's twenty eight was the one before the fill in, right? Yes. Yes. Well, I don't know if this could be considered a spoiler. There, there's a moment of intimacy with Roy and Kendra, and um, and while they're you're together, about the one where, where, they, where they tickle each other's taints. That we're talking about. Uh. Well, no, see, you must have the unpublished issue. I have uh, because while the, while they're together, she she kind of blurts out Carter's name. Mm. Yeah, baby. So that's uh, not right. That's yeah, just not that's right. not that's just not right. So, <laughs> like, so yeah, like you knew that wasn't going to happen. Word. So. Uh, Carter's so, a man. He's he's a man's man. They're fated to be together. He it's like Indiana him. Jones with wings. How could she a woman loves, resist that? On his mace. The, the, uh, so yeah, I mean, it's just <laughs> this, what, right. no love for you, Red Arrow. Go look for Cheshire. They, I don't know. I, oh Lord, that's funny. This this is worst worst episode ever. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Just, Not ever, uh, but it's it's up there. It's getting there. <laughs> David, what did you think of the latest X Factor? Dude. Oh, please don't spoil it. I you won't know, spoil I won't, it, but I just I had David, to get the reaction. Peter David asked us not to. It. Oh, my God. I was floored. I seriously awesome. was. I, it was, awesome. it was on all, all fronts. Yeah. It's worth the art wasn't even that bad. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I know I know. a lot of people have been kind of off the X Factor tip lately, and I admit it's it's uh, it hit a little bit of a slow patch there, uh, but I stuck with it. And if you hadn't stuck with it, now might be – let's just say – now might be a good chance to get back on it if you liked it back a year or so ago. And See, I, I think the slow patches are needed. Well, even uh, if it's, even if you could consider this a slow patch, it's a gut punch. I mean, yeah, that, because, for for because, the past two issues, because last issue, last issue was pretty intense. Last issue, I think I I when I got to the end of the book, my jaw was still on the floor, mm-hmm. and then and then I read last the issue that came out last week. I read that today, and. I'm I'm moving along. I'm like, okay, you know, we're we're, we're past that. It's a, a month has passed, and we're reading this story, and everything's fine. And then again, boom, the end of the issue. I'm like, holy crap! I yeah, like, punch whatever. to the gut, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big time. yeah. I'm gonna do an X Factor marathon soon. Nice. Yeah, because yeah, I got the sure. the last two uh, hardcovers at mm-hmm. New York Comic Con, and then I was looking around gathering them all together i was going to actually read them for this show but i read uh i had a marathon reading of something else so i'm looking around for the the uh the second hardcover and i have those in singles Mm -hmm. so what i did was i jumped on cheap ass trades 
I, nice. I think I think I got the second hardcover for like four bucks. Mm-hmm. It came it came out to like maybe eight dollars with the shipping. Huh? How could you, and it was new? It, it's you know it's not a uh, something somebody's read. It said it was still sealed. I, oh, yeah. I couldn't resist. So what I'm going to do for maybe next episode, maybe the one after that, I'm going to go back and because I haven't kept current with it. I, I ended when Secret Age, Secret Invasion began, uh, as with all things Marvel. So I'm just going to read it straight through and hopefully I'll, I'll, I'll get the buzz again because it was a Peter David's great. It, it's a really fantastic book. And so different than the typical X title. That's what I like the most about it. It's like it's it's the X Men, but in their own little tiny universe, uh, removed from the Wolverine contingent and yeah, the right. the Scott Summers part. I that, see. I had. I think basically at this point in my life, I've had more than enough of, of that X Men. I want Peter's David's X Factor. They're mm-hmm. they're my. They were my X Men for right. Well, the now. new X Men are coming back. I mean, the new, mean? Mutant, new mutants. Right. I'll buy that too in in in, in hardcover. Another fond title. If they could come half of the way to the Demon Bear saga, how great that book was at that point, then it'll be worth reading. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Hey, let's talk numbers for a second. I know it's your guys. Yeah, we might as well talk numbers. Uh, the local comic shop dude was talking numbers today, and he was not happy. And, and his numbers, uh, as in terms of diamond numbers, mm-hmm. meaning, meaning what, he w- what he ordered and what they actually sent him. Oh, really? Yeah, he was not That's happy. That's a whole other topic. Yeah, um, there's a lot. I've, I've, about I've heard that right now. from two other shop owners that, um, well, I think for us in the Midwest, there's uh, Diamond is moving their warehouse from yeah, one facility exactly. to another. And, but this is, I, I know that Mark at Dark Tower, is, it's been like a month for him waiting on some reorders. And yeah, mm-hmm. so Diamond is, is I, I think, having at least, you know, here with with my shop is uh, is having trouble servicing their their customers. Well, and apparently it was a, they picked the absolute worst times because uh, it's it's affected tons of shops across the country and their ability to get in uh, the Scott Pilgrim, the fifth volume of the Scott Pilgrim series, which oh, is no. which has really been without question the the most sought after direct market trade in a long time in Detroit yeah. and, and and shops have been out of it haven't gotten the copies and people are dying to get it so um now that's a book i haven't uh, before we talk numbers i haven't read scott pilgrim um, Nor in fact, I. I have yeah, to admit here. that i until i was at new york comic-con and saw a line of about forty thousand people waiting to get this book signed i have yeah. to admit other than having been familiar with the with the name of the title i didn't know anything about it who wrote it what it was about and uh, then I saw the iFanboy guys did, did, interviewed him on their New York Comic Con little segment, and I, I was. But this is a popular big deal, huh? It's a pretty big, big deal book. We're <laughs> we're, we're all too old for it. Yeah, yeah I think so. Escapes my purview completely. Yeah. yeah. But it, again, that's if if they are catering to a certain age group younger than ourselves, that's awesome. If yeah, they can very, get them into yeah. reading comics, cool. Yeah, it, I think it, I think it. Uh, appeals to you know what i'm 35 i think it appeals to the to the 30 and under crowd it it's just something that i i enjoy whenever i read it but it's it's definitely manga influenced it's just it's more of a hipster thing that i think if you're i think if you're in your late 20s i think it resonates with you much more it's an enjoyable read i think it's cute it's not any better than a lot of other stuff that's out there. I think it gets a little overhyped. It's I've, mm-hmm. I hear people, you know, it, that really treat Scott Pilgrim like it is the greatest comic oh, book ever yeah. written, <laughs> and I'm just like, all right, no, 
and get away from me. But no, it's 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 a fun it's a fun little read. It's 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 a cute it's a cute little book. I heard someone said if you've ever made a mixtape, you'll like Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, see, uh, nice. it's, it's it's bullshit statements like that <laughs> that piss me off. It's like it's like if you have ever breathed air next to an Atari <laughs> well, twenty six hundred, you'll love Scott Pilgrim. Well, I've done that, but I've never made a. a if you've ever worn huh? Chuck Taylor shoes, you'll love Scott Pilgrim. Nice. It's, nice. it's like they're making maybe, it into a movie, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, and who's the uh, the kid from uh, Juno? Michael Sarah or Sarah? Yeah, Michael. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sarah. Yeah. Really? Yeah, he's okay. he's probably going to play Scott Pilgrim, I guess. Yeah. So, so to, to the numbers, uh, a lot of talk about that Spider-Man Obama cover. Uh, what issue number five eighty three? And the numbers are in. And did you guys happen to see how many copies of that damn thing was sold? Were sold in January? Is this, is this 400 including all all co- all printings? This, this included the first three printings. Okay. Yeah. I think four fifty. What'd you say, Vince? Four hundred fifty thousand. Anyone else want to guess? No. Uh, I'm gonna say less. Than, I'm gonna say three hundred. Three hundred thousand. Uh, Chris is the winner. It sold three hundred fifty-three thousand copies of the hmm. first three printings mm-hmm. in that month. So now is that oh, taking oh, into account wait. borders? No, no. These are direct market diamond numbers. Okay. Um, but. Yes, it would then. Um, and, and once again, those are those are issues ordered, not sold. Right, right. Um, right. Yeah, but it's, I, I mean, it's I already believe- through a printing, so I would imagine most of those actually sold through. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, uh, probably through the the third printing at least, those are all sold yeah. out. But um, I and don't quote me on this. Um, I, I believe that that Marvel sells all of their comics through Diamond, so. That would include the bookstore sales on that. I may be wrong. Hmm. Well, you could be right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if, yeah. if that. Yeah, I'm not sure. About I think that. That, I, th- I think that's going to be pretty accurate. And I may be wrong. So you know, someone on the forum pointed out if I'm wrong, which I, I probably am. But um, I, I think that's probably pretty accurate of what they of what they printed. So yeah. Um, so it it uh, didn't even sell as many copies as Gears of War. <laughs> well, Gears of mean? War was subsidized. Um, Gears of War only sold what, that because the because the game company paid for the copies to be uh, part of the promotional deal. So I don't really count that. Four hundred and fifty thousand, right? But, order, but saying, or, four hundred and fifty thousand printed and ordered copies sounds like four hundred fifty thousand printed and ordered copies, which is well, exactly no, what no more than you no, would count, no more than you would count someone paying for an advertisement brochure. I don't understand. Oh, the oh, game company bought those copies. No kidding. Yes, they bought those copies to distribute. At, how many? How many of the four hundred fifty thousand did they buy? Well, according to a lot of analysis, the Gears of War out, out x what they ordered was less than ten thousand sold. Now, I, I don't know if that's entirely accurate, but the point is, the vast majority of those copies were for promotion. It's very. It's, it was analogous to when Prince's CD appeared number one on the charts because he gave it away at the concert. Yeah, he gave it away at the concert as part of the ticket charge. So it, it counted in Billboard sales, but in reality, you had no choice. If you went to his concert, you bought the CD. So it was the same, it was the same thing. If you bought the Gears of War, if you bought if you bought that version, you got the comic. So I mean, it's not really. This was the best selling full price periodical since two thousand one. Wow. So we're seeing wow. more most most likely for whether you love it or, or, or hate it. That's. Obama will probably be in more comics at least until it stops mattering to people. But uh, young blood. I bought Dragon today, but it actually wasn't because of the Obama. It was because <laughs> Dragon is back in Chicago, and it's a good jumping on point. But I, I, re- I think that the whole Obama thing is going to, 
you know, jump the shark here in comics. I'm, I, it, the buzz has got to die yeah. down on this with the whole comic book thing. All it's mm-hmm. all it's going to take is some really bad independent comics trying to do Reagan's Raiders. Thing. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, exactly that kind of, that kind of shit. And it's <laughs> it's gonna it, it's gonna get old real quick. So I don't know. It's too, Stiller, too bad Solson wasn't published. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> That'd have been awesome. The Rich Buckler uh, artwork. Nice. Go rich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, didn't the Catholic Church say something today that the adulation of or the adoration of Obama is getting to an unhealthy point? Did they? Yeah. Well, of course they would because it takes away from their man. Of course. But, uh, yeah. So, was that before or after um, some of their bishops said that they didn't believe in the Holocaust? Well, see, oh, I'm, to, oh, I'm getting po- political. I'm sorry. Uh-oh. Right, but to clarify, I don't know if we want to go there. They, the, 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 that one... Uh, the celebrated or notorious guy that said uh, that had points that he wanted fleshed out about the Holocaust. He didn't say he didn't believe in it. He said that something about the gas chambers could never have been used for the thing that they said they were used for because they weren't sealed in a way that wouldn't kill anyone operating the gas chambers. Yeah, I don't care, jackass. So, yeah, I've well, heard that. But no, the thing is, it's very dangerous to kick this dude out just because he has an opinion that is somewhat based on research that he did. If you don't believe him, you just say you're full of shit. But to to, to ostracize the guy and kick him out of his job or the the position he holds just because he has an opinion, that's really dangerous. That's well, not good. The Catholic Church here. I don't know. This. All right, yeah. comic books, comic books. Back. I know. Step away. Ooh, okay. Step away from the Holocaust talk. I brought no oh, more real life. Let's I talk about flying men. Some time ago, uh, some time ago, Sal, I think on the AC forums, maybe on one of your episodes, I forget, um, made the tried to make the contrarian argument that you know, with all the DC bashing that was going on, that that DC, uh, with their success in the book stores, actually could be uh, even as large, if not larger, than Marvel when you, when you rolled everything up. Uh, you remember that, Chris, when he was talking yeah. about that? Yeah. Well, it turns out he may well be right because yeah, but Brian it's only because of one that. book. Thou- well, hold on a second. Brian Hibbs, uh, Brian Hibbs so. puts out the, and I don't know how he gets away with this, by the way, because he blatantly admits that he basically gets it handed to him from a source, and, and he's, but he he produces every year the book scan numbers for everyone to read, and, and again, I don't know how he gets away with it, but somehow he manages to write this article every year where he puts out the book scan numbers as it pertains to to graphic novels and the like from the bookstores, uh, and he just put that article out last week on uh, CBR, and for 2008. DC in the bookstore market. Now, this represents about 70% of bookstores because it does not include Walmart, which is in and of itself about a quarter of the market, and then a few other outlets that, that aren't under two. But it's it's very representative of the overall book market, certainly. Um, DC sold $33.6 million worth of of, uh, of of books in the book market. And unlike the diamond numbers, this is actually sell-through because bookstores is returnable. So this isn't yep. stuff that that the bookstores bought and are sitting on shelves. This is stuff that the bookstores sold to a customer. So DC sold $33.6 million worth of trades to consumers through the bookstores last year as compared to Marvel, which sold $20.1 million. So uh, DC basically lapped them. Uh, they, they uh, and, and largely thanks to, as Vince alluded, uh, the success of Watchmen, which is, I mean, talk about a moneymaker for them. They sold 308,000 copies of the Watchmen trade in the bookstores this year, uh, in wow. 2008, 308,000 copies. 
But I tell you, and, and Watchmen is going to have a huge effect on last year's, this year's, and probably next year's numbers. But before that, V for Vendetta was kicking ass in the bookstores. And you look at, at a lot of the movie properties, and DC has been very, very good at leveraging their their graphic novel sales from movie success. So that's yeah, it, yeah. It. What's going to happen when they stop making Alan Moore movies? I know. Well, it's funny because the 2007 numbers were actually much, much closer. DC in 2007 sold $22 million in the book market to Marvel's 19 and a half. So they were or actually almost 20. So they were roughly, DC was about 10%, had did about 10% more in 2007. But this year, they, they, they were about 80% larger. And, uh, and it wasn't ju- just Watchmen. Watchmen was a huge component of that, obviously. But, uh, but no, it... Um, Hibbs talks about it. I guess they have a, a, a much more lucrative and successful deal with whoever they're using for their distributors. And I guess it's tied in some way to the uh, to the Time Warner relationship. Um, and it's really helping them in the book market uh, sort of distance themselves from, from Marvel and the other guys. So so maybe that explains why all these people that are calling for DiDio's head and, and DC's head, maybe uh, maybe they're not doing every, everything as wrong as some people would suggest. I think Sal was on some. I think that DC is a lot closer, if not ahead of Marvel in in actual market share. Yeah, well, like I said, if you if you take the 2008 numbers, if if you if you take the eight the 16 million dollars more in the book market, the book scan data, and you overlay that with Marvel's lead in the uh, direct market, it's it's you know it's it's close to a wash, if not you know give plus or minus. So they're they're certainly DC's nowhere near as behind them. Uh, in the total market, as as they are in the direct market, which you know they're they're a good fifteen percentage points behind in the direct market, but but isn't that two different audiences? Sure, of course. Why? What do you say that? What because does, does one it one is one. Well, it, in in the bank account, it doesn't really matter. But I'm saying right. Marvel seems to be a hit with the diehard Wednesday shopping crowd. Yeah, and DC has cultivated a more wait and see type audience where they I would argue that's good and, though because that's more, oh that, yeah for green and, and and more casual buyers that are gonna you know always be looking to buy their stuff. So if you want yeah. if you're talking about longevity, I'd, I'd much rather have an audience that's outside the direct market, right? I mean that's what we're kind of always talking about is the direct market and the albatross it is to these guys. So to that, I wish they can somehow bolster the 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 comic shop sales somehow. Mm-hmm. I don't see how they're going to do it because uh, I heard rumors that the next weekly is going to be a Marvel Comics Presents type thing. Oh, really? With, with yeah. not not with one continuous year long storyline, but different characters spotlighted over the course of maybe three or four weeks. Mm-hmm. Because, and they and they they pointed out that Kyle Baker Hawkman as mm-hmm. being one of the possible uh, candidates okay. for that. Yeah. So I don't know. See, that's interesting because I wouldn't have thought I would buy something like that. But if they start with Kyle Baker, Kyle Baker Hawkman, I will. So right, but see, my approach to it is, I will buy the title, but only for those creators and characters that sure. I like. Sure. If they do a four-part Batwoman story, I'm not going to buy it because I have n- absolutely no interest in that character. Or say that's because you know, you're stupid. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I'll read the Batwoman character if Rucka writes it. Okay, but no. See, I I redeem myself. But all right, say so, somebody else. I love Green Arrow, but I'm not going to buy four issues of a, a Green Arrow weekly. I'm just not going to do it. You know, I I buy four Superman related titles a month well, now. I, mean, I, I don't want to have to buy that, four more comics. Isn't that kind of what Brave and the Bold is anyway? Just, yeah. You know, yeah. if you're if you're going to do like a weekly spotlight or team up, why don't you just make Brave and the Bold the weekly comic? 
that'd be a nice tip of the hat to mm-hmm. um, the past. It'd be I, great. I, I, I would, I, honestly, I would love it if Brave and the Bold was a weekly comic. And so, keep Batman out of it. Yeah, and just, just mix it up and just have it be, you know, one team-up that leads into another. It's, uh, I thought Brave and the Bold got off to a great start whenever they, uh, whenever they relaunched it here. And I think, yeah, I think that would be just a, an absolute blast of of a weekly deal and do it for a year say a, a year yeah. of of brave and the bold weekly and in 52 weeks we're going to uh introduce you to you know basically the entire dcu if you want to know who is in the the dc universe read brave and the bold weekly for the next year and you will meet you know 80 or 90 percent of our entire stable of characters right and if they're smart 30 percent more new characters yeah i mean well you know i i think i think you have to be careful having forced character um introductions it's you know that was one of the things about countdown is that forerunner is a very forgettable character and and that was she's hot though yeah, it felt like a very forced character introduction, and for a weekly, I, I, I think that would be a great opportunity to say, "Hey, in, in the next year, we're going to basically teach you about the about the DCU with a series of team ups." I think would be would be a really fun idea. Well, isn't that kind of what they were doing with Fifty Two and Countdown with the heroes, two page backups, and the villains? Yeah, yeah, but I think you could expand on that on that concept, and I thought yeah. that I thought that fifty two. That's one of the reasons that that series worked so well for me is that I got to know some characters at DC that I didn't previously really care about, but you know, I got to I got to know Booster and the Metal Men and uh, you know the the Question and and all of that you know all of the all the characters that got to you know that got to kind of star there and i was like wow that that made that such a fun series and i'd like to see them continue with that idea i mean this has obviously obviously been with trinity kind of focusing on either the big three or the impact of the big three uh in the dcu but yeah i'd like to i'd like to see him kind of play around with some of the um the lesser notes yeah and you know while we're on the subject the brave and the bold cartoon is an excellent primer oh it's awesome yeah, for the DC universe, my kids are just digging it like you would not believe. Same mm-hmm. here. Yeah. My little guy, five years old, walks around the house saying "outrageous." You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's unbelievable. And how cool is that that they take Aquaman like that? Yeah, of, of all the characters they could have used, fantastic, outrageous. Check the forums. Leave a voicemail. It's afternoon now. Have some toast. Check the forums. Just come back from going outside with my homemade 11 o'clock comic t-shirt. I've made a mental note to myself that Daryl seems to be very popular due to his use of profanity and bad language. Must try to incorporate this in, in everyday life. In A&E now... The lady in Tesco's didn't appreciate me saying fuck it when she asked me if I wanted a carrier bag. Got a broken nose. Decided to remove the sequins from my 11 o'clock comics t-shirt. I've decided it draws too much attention. 
maybe maybe for my around comics t-shirts i'll just use a, a matte finish or maybe just staple sheets of paper to myself in a in some kind of ode to chris have decided to perfect impressions of everybody i'm working on david price at the moment so that women and men will find me more attractive whenever anybody says anything that he finds remotely humorous he tends to say <laughs> i'm going to try and incorporate this again in 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 conversation have decided to deconstruct my plasticine play-doh model of john suntris as he was very derogatory to me personally on the around comics show put john suntris model back together again put it in the fridge so it hardens check the forums left a voicemail now on facebook looking for photos of the people who make this program decided to put my clothes back on as i got a delivery and had to answer the door check the forums left a voicemail fuck it getting better at using the term fuck it but not as comfortable as daryl Maybe eff it, frigate, the heck with it, dab nab it, dab nab it. Hey, I think I think they said that last episode. <sighs> Check the forums. Left the voicemail. Well, we've all talked enough, Vincent. We, we've been waiting with bated breath to hear what you wanted to. Yeah, you're not. There's no baited anything. But well, but it's, I, but like, it's the poo I've been reading. Oh, I've been reading a book. That By the way, everyone's is, got their paper and pencil right, right, right down. No, I want you to sell me on it. I don't have to sell you on this. I couldn't say no to this title, even if I wanted to. I read 16 issues. I reread the entire run to date of Proof. It can't wow. be up to date, because didn't, didn't the latest one come out nice. today? Yeah, 17 came out. Well, okay. it's in my box coming. All right. I, I read all the issues I had of Proof. Sweet. Wow. If I had Grecian and Rosmo in the room... I would give him the biggest hug because yeah, it, hug. Right. To me, the book is perfect. I, I, it's I, kind of I, hard not to be objective about it. Can I cut in for just a second? You can cut in anytime you want, buddy. If you if you if you want Alex Grecian in a room, I've got a little update for you. Oh, oh, you're kidding me! <laughs> nice. Yep. Um, oh, now it's even harder. Yeah, Go ahead. Confirmed today that uh, that Alex Grecian will be at the Windy City Comic Con. Oh, no, awesome. <laughs> damn it! Shake the man's hand. That's great. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's uh, yeah. I was really excited. That's uh, um, you know, told him how much we we love proof, and I believed that he has either listened to eleven o'clock or um, is very aware of our love of proof. So yeah, well, oh, you remember man. upon your recommendation of how important it was to listeners to always you know tell indie creators how much they like their work that i i had gone over back when we first started doing this and went to the image forums and that's right how much we like the book and everything and so I, I don't know if maybe they've been listening since or not but but uh yeah it was it was fun to uh to express to them this how how awesome that book is but so vince you're you're well well past where i am i i think i mentioned to you an email this week when you told me that you were reading that i i uh it's funny because i read that first trade and absolutely loved it and I'm pretty sure the second trade came out a while ago, and I realized to, when you mentioned this to me that I must have never ordered it because I, I'm way behind. I, I I'm kept waiting for that second trade, and it still hasn't come, so I guess I have to put uh, Well, the, the second trade actually is, I don't want to say better, but it's a much more fleshed-out storyline than the first. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first five issues, which is the Goat Sucker storyline, yeah. basically just introduces the characters populating the lodge, um, aside from the, the titular titular 
<laughs> character of, of Proof, also known as Mr. Proof Rock. He, he is a Sasquatch, the Bigfoot. And I'm guessing that the, the, his surname is kind of a, uh, homage to, uh, T.S. Eliot's love song of J. Alfred Proofrock. Did anybody get that or is it just me reading something into it? You reading into it, but you're probably right. Okay. Um, so he's a Bigfoot, but aside from everything we know about, well, I shouldn't say everything we know, everything that has been rumored to be associated with the Bigfoot, he actually speaks English. He's quite cultured. For a Bigfoot, I mean, he has a he has a penchant for fine uh, like garments. Beast, basically, I mean, kinda, yeah, he is. Yeah. He does remind me of a lot, a lot of Hank. Mm-hmm. But I, and I think that the, the whole um, yeah, it's kind of like the uh, the werewolf of London line, and his suit was perfect. <laughs> but the, the the penchant for fine clothes, I think, is trying to grasp at a humanity that he probably can never have. Uh, this uh, you know, Sal and I were talking about proof yesterday, and. This is, I, th- I think, probably the best mashup description I can come up with. It, it it's X Files meets Hellboy. Yeah, well, it's very similar to Hellboy because um, the uh, Leander Wright character, or White, sorry, mm-hmm. the 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 supposed head of the lodge reminds me a lot of Mister Broom from the BPRD. Yeah. Yep. And uh, whereas he raised Hellboy, who raised Mister Proofrock? Thomas Jefferson. Oh. Are you spoiling that? Because I don't think that was in the first trade. No, it's well, it is. A, yeah, I guess it would be. It's, oh, no, it's that's something. Okay. Hey, I'm not one of the characters. I think proof. What is pissed? Well, he was he was found during what <laughs> Lewis and Clark's expedition, right? Where he was discovered. I think so. But the the it was it was off almost an offhand comment. Proof just said, you know, I'm older than you would think. Right. I, I I knew Thomas Jefferson, and then it shows a picture of uh, <laughs> Jefferson with his arm around, and and proof has his hair parted in the middle. <laughs> it's it's really <laughs> cute. But the, the basis of the lodge. So for anyone who hasn't read proof, let's set it up for them. There's a, a lodge, which is a, a a joint project between the United States and Canada. It's a top secret entity that serves as ambassadors between humans and cryptids. And if you don't know what a cryptid is, it's an organism for which there has been sightings, but there is no concrete evidence proving the existence of said object, like the Bigfoot, the Mothman, the Chupacabra, who shows up in the first goat sucker trade, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a Loch Ness Monster, and... Um, what they do is they investigate sightings of cryptids, and if they do stumble upon the organisms, they take them back to the habitat and let them live out their days protected from humans. That's basically proof in a nutshell. That is great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, in the first trade, we get to meet Ginger Brown, the saucy little FBI agent who <laughs> had the good fortune or bad fortune depending on how the series ending ends of stumbling upon a golem golem yep yes mm-hmm. most golems through history have emit on their forehead which is the hebrew root word for truth mm-hmm. this this golem in the myths and, myths and legends of the golem the e was removed and the word met equals death in hebrew but and it was supposed to end the life of the golem but for some reason, this Joseph the Golem, he's not dead. He's he's pretty much alive, and uh, he's he's a, a death golem. And oh, jo- Joe's you, a great character. It's, right, and- but if you've read the series up to date, he's not 
a very belligerent character. You would you would think a death golem would be like this rampaging uh, like Hulk-like creature, but no, he seems to be pretty much benign. Yeah, he's just a guy. Yeah, and because of her meeting the golem and how she reacted to it, she came under the attention of a rabbi who pulled some strings and got her relocated with the lodge. And that's where she's she's Proof's partner in the series. Little, you know, you know who I hotty toddy. Who I like even more than than Ginger as a character. Who's that? Is 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 the, the sheriff Elvis? Elvis Chestnut. Yep. <laughs> Elvis. He. What a. I think so much potential in that in that character. He's he, he's a lot of fun, and and seeing he and Proof, you know, as the series has progressed, to see how Proof interacts with Ginger and how he interacts with Elvis, and then how those characters interact, you know, with each other. It's really, you know, you you look at at Proof and Ginger are are Mulder and Scully of the series, but you know, Elvis is is definitely a character that's going to get thrown into the mix a lot. So they're really, I look at it. As more of a uh, more of a tricycle of characters, there's really yeah. the three of them that will be out in the field, and I think that they'll mix things up where you know there'll be a lot of Elvis and Ginger adventures, there'll be a lot of Ginger and Proof adventures, and a lot of Proof and Elvis adventures. Right, but the thing is, in 16 issues, you you call them the Mulder and Scully. They, they kind of are, but they've very rarely worked together. Exactly. Yeah that, yeah, that hasn't happened yet, and it's like they're supposed to. And they know that they're supposed to, and 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 they even talk about it. It's like you know we need to, you know I'm looking forward to working with you more. And it's it, it's kind of nice that Grecian has allowed the series to breathe and kind of mm-hmm. happen. It's like well I've got this you know I I want to get them together to, as a partner, but I've got this other story to tell, and I need to have I need to have proof off on his own, and and well, we'll have Ginger do this. It, it seems like a very organic um, storytelling that that isn't it, it's it's not you know it's not like this, this you know, cookie cutter. Um, well, we have to get everybody you know onto the same page to to do this stuff. It's kind of like life; they haven't been able to to solidify their partnership because shit keeps coming up. And yeah, I was right. just gonna say, I, I rather I, I like that idea as it, it progressing naturally or organically, as opposed to we see them together and then there's just a bunch of flashback stories of before they really started working together. I, I, I like this right. this this way. But there's so much to talk about this series. So you said flashbacks. And and Grecian does incorporate some of that kind of storytelling in the series, but he does it in a way where you get, uh, say, a 10-page chunk of the main story, and then you get a smaller four- or eight-page story that happens concurrently or to another character during the events of the the story you just read, like in the in the first series, you you find out where Proof was at the lodge where when um, Ginger Brown was going through her training. It, it's a nice little kind of Pulp Fictionish way to tell a complete story by breaking it up into two chunks, focusing on each individual character. And and how sharp is she? Where when they're showing her the training film and the famous Patterson Gimlin uh, Bigfoot movie comes up. And uh, she said, that's not proof, is it? And um, Wayne said, no, that, that's not our boy. And she said, well, anybody in, in their right mind can see that's a woman. Oh, like shit. the Bigfoot was a woman. And, and that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's the commonly accepted 
notion for that movie that that creature in the movie which has never been debunked accurately by the way is a woman (laughs) and for her to for her to pick up on that she has no business being in this paranormal world but she's sharp enough to pick up on the stuff anyway right you know that that's why i like her a lot she she's she's a real smart cookie well people need to more people need to buy and read proof that's for sure oh yeah yeah what we haven't mentioned is how fucking hilarious that book can be at times oh and most of it Mm -hmm. focuses on my favorite character the dover demon most of the comedy in the book Uh, he's this little really alien looking grayish creature that just spouts prophecy he uh what did he say he lives both then and now so he picks up on things that other characters that haven't happened in in the in the timeline yet and he'll just spout these cryptic things to characters and they eventually come true yeah speaks in riddles and yeah and makes for some very awkward moments <laughs> in, in the book very awkward moments the sky is uh, falling yeah yeah it's uh yeah it's just it's a very clever and it can be creepy i mean it's really kind of like a horror adventure comedy book thing right kind of I have a bunch of um, one of my favorite parts of the book are the pop up video like cryptoids that come up the the little facts about things associated with the current storyline. Did you know the uh, the fourth arc is called Thunderbirds Are Go and it's about (laughs) the the fabled Thunderbirds and it's also a tip of the hat Mm. to the Jerry Jerry Anderson uh, series. But uh, here's a little cryptoid for you: what state? Has the most reported thunderbolt sightings or thunder? Yeah, thunderbolt, <laughs> thunder, thunderbird sightings. Bet you don't know. Is it the state that it that the story takes place in? Nope. Jersey. I don't. No, but you're close. Pensy. Pennsylvania, baby. Wow. The most thunderbird sightings come from Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah that's quite it's, it's, a, it's, actually, it's actually Vince in his Hawkman costume. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, if I had a Hawkman costume, I would be unstoppable. See, here's an here's another one. In the uh, second arc, deals with the fabled um, Mokele Mabembe that they eventually call Bembe for short. This is an actual creature that has been sighted in the Congo, but it's sometimes described as a flesh and blood creature like a Brontosaurus or a, a Strachosaurus. But did you know that the people of the Congo also consider it a spirit? They, they consider something that no one has ever accurately captured on film. To be, a, it's there. Nice. There has there has been documented cases where this thing would just act like a spirit. That's nuts. There's so many things in this world that we have no idea about. So there many mysteries, is. and that that's why I like the book so much because they're basically approaching it from a standpoint that all these things you've heard about are real. Uh huh. I know Zach Carusi probably <laughs> doesn't like uh, proof very much, but I am just digging it so much because this is my, why, why it's my world. Like, why wouldn't Zach like proof? Zach is a, a skeptic. Well, self a self-proclaimed skeptic. It's a fucking comic book. I don't know, man. Don't I'm just fun. telling you what I'm thinking. <laughs> He's just saying Cru- what he's saying. Yeah, yeah. Carusi, Cru- you. You email me and tell me why you don't like proof. If that. Oh, I didn't say he did. If that. If. Zach, you email me and tell me why you hate the book, motherfucker. Motherfucker. <laughs> Let's talk about the creative team just for a second. I don't know where Riley Rosmo came from, but I am really digging this guy's artwork. He reminds me of a young Eddie Campbell. 
Doesn't his artwork mm, remind yeah, you a lot of Eddie that. Campbell? I can see that, yeah. That very huh. immediate, just matter-of-fact line where it's not labored at all. It's just put down with, uh, I'm, I'm assuming, with great precision. It looks that way to me. I, I love this man's artwork. And I have to say that the first part of Company of Men, do you remember, those who have read it, the scene with the brontosaurus, the trio of brontosaurus that get shot? Those three pages are perfect. Literally, you want to give me a panel I, by panel so I don't have to read the second trade, or can we just? they're in the Congo, and there's a couple brontosaurs, and they get taken out by hunters. That won't spoil the story for you. Okay. It, it's kind of like the proof version of Bambi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> but it's re- it's really neat. So, I mean, we can't talk about a lot of it because our boy Wood hasn't read it. But wait until you see the, uh, Key, the Chinese ink monkey. He is a riot. That's a, and right. a great two-issue, I'm not even, a guest-starring role by um, an image uh, uh, mainstay. Yep. At, and so just, I, one could assume that this is takes place in the image universe. Well, it has yeah. Yep. Crocodiles in the New York City sewers, golems, albino sasquatches. It's it's an awesome, awesome title. Fairies. And, the, and, and I don't like to use that word, fairies. but it fits. Have they like, had a Loch Ness monster yet? Uh no, not yet. That's not my yet. that's my top cryptid right there. Loch Ness monster, really? Hmm? Big fan of the uh, of the Nessie, yeah. How about Champ? Do you like Champ too? No. <laughs> Poor I'm Champ. Scottish, doesn't get dude. Me that's why I'm all about the Nessie. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. what do you think? Real or not? While we're on the subject, do you but, think the Loch Ness monster exists? No, no. I'm a skeptic. No. <laughs> so no. Are you no. really? Uh. Loch Ness isn't that big, and it's with modern technology. It's been searched, and I, I if if there was if there was a dinosaur in Loch Ness, they would have found it by now. It's not that big. Try draining it. That sucker's deep, man. It is yeah. deep, but I mean, it's sonar. Yeah, and there could be there could be a network of of tunnels and caves under you. I don't know. I yeah, I think it's real. Okay. But then again, you expected me to say that. I was going to say, no surprise yeah. here, folks. I'm not fucking surprised. I'm not. <laughs> All right. Hey. And I'm also reading Jack Kirby's Demon Omnibus, but I'm oh, nowhere near enough it? through it. I was. Oh, it's fantastic. It's Kirby. Okay. It's fantastic. <laughs> According to Vince, but Kirby wrote all 70 of the best Marvel comics ever ever made. <laughs> true. It's very true. Which, by the way, as crazy as that may sound, it would absolutely be about 50 times better than the actual oh, yeah. list that he's yeah. published right now. Yeah. Oh, what's, oh, what? Who's printing? I saw that, that 70 <laughs> Marvel. forms at time, Chris. Oh, it's, damn. Dang. Yeah. That, it's, no, a, it's a ridiculous list. Because I, of Marvel's 70th anniversary, yeah, I, they I saw pulled, the thread on the phone. Yeah, they pulled these, some people they, as to what pulled, their wizard. choice... I don't know who the hell uh, they pulled. W- yeah, whoever. They pulled somebody as to what their choices would be for the top 70 Marvel comics of all time. All now, time, you, you, you know when they start off the list, and I think they're doing it three issues at a time to not make it take forever but when they when they start off a list and jim uh andy kubert x-men number 30 is in the list you're like fuck i'm done i'm not yeah i know yeah yeah here let me run through the first six issues on the list yeah do it okay so number now this before you get into the list this is the top 70 marvel comics of all time time. yep here's here's the byline marvel's top 70 comics countdown we asked you told 
Now in honor oh, of God. the magnificent 70th anniversary, here are the greatest comics in our history as voted on by you, the readers. Okay, oh, well, so there that, you go. That That's... tells you right. That tells you right there. I'm sorry. Most people are stupid, so this is going to be terrible. <laughs> here you go. Here's That's kind of true. Number 70, X-Men number 30. And no, folks, not uh, Uncanny X-Men <laughs> number 30. <laughs> X-Men number 30, featuring the marriage of Cyclops and Jean Grey, written by Fabian Nicieza, with art by... Andy Kubert. Andy Kubert. Uh, Which is not not to poop on either of those people or their their output. It's a decent issue. All the Marvel comics ever. Number right. sixty nine, okay. Captain America number thirty four. No folks at home, not not any old <laughs> version of but we're talking about the current as in Ed the issue Baker written. Yeah, the Ed Brubaker as in a few months ago. So now look, I think it's fair to say we're all fans of the Captain America series and Brubaker's doing great work, but don't speak time, for me. All time. <laughs> Stop it. Uh number sixty eight of all time, and this is where pretty much I think we all agreed that it was time to go postal. <laughs> Ultimate Wolverine versus Hulk. Number one. No. Yeah. Dude, Written, what? Which, which printing? Uh, yeah, exactly. Written by Damon Lindelof, more, much more famously known as the co-creator of Lost. Uh, and, uh, and which is a fantastic by show, U. by the way. Lionel U, before Lionel U actually was a household name, uh, which you is absolutely baffling. I, I don't even know. Fucking so, shitting me. No, no. <laughs> keep going, though. We keep hey. going. Number 67. Wolverine number seventy-five. Yeah, yeah. the bone claw is truly adamantium. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, exactly. Like, let Let's pick the arc that started a whole wave of Wolverine shit exactly. and, <laughs> and put it in a top list. Also, pencil because Andy Kubert's coming back, ain't he? And, and yeah, I Adam, think he is. Adam Kubert. Oh, this is Adam. Sorry, Adam. Okay. Yes. Uh, number sixty-six. New Avengers number twenty-nine. Oh Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, it's nuts. I mean, it really is. Come on, dude. I mean, I re- okay. And then number sixty-five, the last one so far, folks. We only got six so far. Astonishing X-Men number six, written by Joss Whedon what? and pencils by John. Yeah, Cass. and and the thing that got me pissed off, and in turn got everybody in that thread looking at me like I was crazy. If you're <laughs> yeah, if you're gonna that, do a t- no, if you if you're gonna take a list of the top seventy Marvel comics of all time and I, I, I sort of tweaked my opinion later on. I said they should be all Jack Kirby books, but then I said, okay, Ditko was responsible for a whole mess of good comics. So, so let's just say, if there's, if that list is not populated by Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko books, there's something really wrong with the list. Yeah. Because if there are 50, at least 50 milestone Fantastic Four issues. Then you have Incredible Hulk number one. You have early issues of the X-Men. You have Journey into Mystery. Uh, you know, um, what, what else am I missing here? Amazing Spider-Man. Fantastic Four. They, they should be all the freak. Well, that, that was the, the 50 issues that I was thinking about from Jack. But it, it just boggles my mind how anyone can put a book well. on a list like that's less than a year old i, I don't understand it, well just it's, to- it's 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 top of mind it's it's you know maybe it's a good sign showing well, that on. there are to- young, young impressionable um new readers that 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 aren't like us that have been reading for way too fucking long and this is you know yeah. consumes our our every thought so if someone says that astonishing x-men number six is one of the one of the top 
70 issues of all time. Well, good, because that means that their comic book knowledge goes back about three or four years. So, well, But see, you're, you're being yeah, misled, but, because if oh, so Wolverine that, 75 is on the list... Well, yeah, I was going to say, that's why I'm not. I'm just not buying it. I, I think it's, it's a the whole, only fucking ray of hope in this list that, that you know... I think it's being yeah, I think it's being rigged because right, as as Vince said, you got you got Wolverine seventy five which came out in ninety three, you've got X Men thirty which came out in ninety four, so and I don't I can't believe that the the kids aren't responsible for those two votes. And as much as I love Wolverine, you guys know I'm I'm a big Wolverine fan, I had to laugh. Oh really? That that five of the first six issues in this list all feature Wolverine. you know, I mean, I love hell. Him. If yeah, you're going to do but, that, put Hulk 181 on there. Well, and I'm sh- and to be fair, I'm sh- I would be shocked if it's like 181 aren't on the list. But that being said, I don't care if Hulk number 181 is on the list or not. Ultimate Hulk versus fucking Wolverine. I mean, yeah, sure. I, I can't wait till we get to the 80s where you know we might see like Team America. <laughs> U.S. <laughs> is it Hulk 181? Is that the number? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah with that great okay, one panel appearance. Yeah, well, it's, hey, it's, hey, stop it. it. Daredevil. Great cover, though. Stop it, yes. Is it, is it Daredevil, Daredevil 181? Isn't that Death of Electra? Um, I don't know. That is 181, isn't it? The double size? The one where he's, the one where he's grabbing the, the tombstone? No, no, no. no, 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 no the, the, the yellow cover where she's falling. Yeah. Oh, that's. I think that's one of Frank Miller's best covers. I, I, I think that that is... That's a top ten Marvel comic of all time. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, I love you, but oh, 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 <laughs> oh, come on! That is a landmark issue. There, it the art wise, it's it's the culmination of of one of the great modern comic storylines. Yeah, Dare, Daredevil one eighty one is one of the top ten comics that Marvel's ever put out. It was a double-sized issue. How many times has has the the bullseye kills Elektra pose been been reused in in Marvel comics? That's like that's that's right there with the uh, with the uh, DC Crisis image of the person carrying the you know the 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 corpse of of the loved one, the the Superman Supergirl pose. I mean, Marvel's equivalent of that is the is the bullseye Elektra death scene. I mean that that. Uh, <laughs> oh come on! No, I don't. I think it's a great issue, but it, when you have a limited amount of choices, and in this case, only being seventy of them, not even close. Yep, Frank Miller at the top of his game in one of the most groundbreaking runs in modern comic history, and still doesn't come close to Ditko and Kirby. Oh come on! Okay, well, I'm, no. so, I'm sorry, Vince, but. You you tell me if you sat down and read read Frank Miller's Daredevil 181 or Fantastic Four number one, amazing, groundbreaking, yeah, Fantastic Four number one, important for so many reasons. You sit down and read that; it is, it's great, it's great, but it is <laughs> it's it is it is so dated at this point. Certainly, that's because it was done a long time ago. Exactly, yeah. historically important. That Daredevil issue is now what? How many years old? We're going on almost thirty, maybe. Pretty close. It, it's almost thirty years old, and I read that. I read that run whenever the Omnibus came out. Um, still holds up. Is 
incredibly entertaining, even even to modern comic book taste, and it's thirty years old. Hmm. That is an amazing accomplishment in in my in my eyes. I'm not I'm not diminishing Amazing Fantasy fifteen or Fantastic Four number one or Hulk number one. They're of an era. They're historically important and were groundbreaking in their own right. They don't hold up like some of that stuff does. Well, I definitely agree that 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 there are an issue or two of the Frank Miller Daredevil that should be on a top seventy five type list. I, I I don't know if I'd go so far as to say a top ten of all time, but okay. but uh, I, I definitely I think we all could agree that that Vince's view of the only Kirby and Ditko is probably not uh, consensus. But I also think Vin, that because, uh, like Chris said, people are stupid. Uh, <laughs> Vince, Vince well, and I will ki- Vince and I will kiss and make up after this. Yeah, I, well, I, well, I think well there's there's we'll nothing to make up. It's just no, a p- opinion. No, absolutely. Yeah, and we'll, 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 Vince. Yeah, agreed you, to you're saying the I think if you were making a list of say the most important or significant or historical issues then I would agree it should be littered with Kirby Ditko issues absolutely right but why are why do issues become important or historical or you know because they're great because because the stories are and the art are so oh and to be clear I, I think I think they should be well represented in any top 70 list I, but I just don't you know, I, I don't take it to the extreme, and as we've talked about, I just think when you have so many books and so many creators of so many different ages, I, I, I think it should at least. If I were to compile my own list, it would do, it would have a pretty big cross section of writers, artists, and eras. Uh, and well, what 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 are what are what are some of your top ten Marvel books? Would <laughs> well, certainly Giant Size X Men would have to be in there, uh, and X Men ninety four because obviously. Those to me are the characters that I I have always most loved. Uh, Avengers number four certainly, um, Fantastic Four number one, uh, forty eight, fifty two. Um, Preach. Let's see. <laughs> uh, Amazing Fantasy fifteen. Well, yeah. you know it's funny. I would say certainly because of its historical significance, but. Two things on that. One, I, I, I only, you know, obviously, I've only read that in reprint. I've never seen an original issue, and uh, I don't know. I, I've never. I like Spidey, but I've never, for such a Marvel guy, Spidey's never been like my guy. guy. Like, cool. I, like you know, the, I have near complete runs of Avengers and X Men. I would like someday to have a complete run of Fantastic Four. I don't have any real desire to have a complete run of Spidey. You know, from Amazing Fantasy through to to Amazing Spidey. So. I, I certainly think that if if you were to ask me which book would I want to have in my possession, uh, I, yeah, Amazing Fantasy fifteen certainly, but because of its value, but but uh, I don't know if that'd be on my personal top ten list. But I couldn't argue with anybody if it was. In fact, I think uh, Derek Coward was saying that a, a sim- Wizard did a similar list to to this uh, a few years ago for top Marvel books, and, and Amazing Fantasy fifteen was the number one book, which which I can understand. But it's a fantastic book. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, you have to admit it kind of goes down a little bit. Once you turn the cover. Oh, uh, slamming <laughs> on the Ditko. No, I love Ditko. I love, I, I think Ditko's fantastic. It's hard for me to extricate, like, the significance of the book versus the story, because I agree with you, Chris, certainly a lot of older books aren't that super fun to go back and reread, you know? Yeah. But but then again, like, for me, I mean, my most prized book that I own personally is Hulk 181 because I, I love Wolverine. So I mean, I, and, and I love that I have that you know that book in a great condition, and it's you know it's framed and but, sitting but in my we, office. But, 
but with but with the story wasn't Wolver- that great. Yeah. I mean, it was a fairly well, mundane story, and and certainly Wolverine. No one at the time when that book was written had any idea that Wolverine would become such a popular character in the centerpiece of the X Men. So it was. I mean, he, he was a relatively forgettable, you know, quasi villain at that point. So and I don't, in I, that in that issue, he's in one panel of it. It's well, not really. Some, until, I mean, well, yeah, and, I mean, and, so, yeah, it's, it's not until the next thing, issue yeah. where you actually get like any. And the Wendigo like, is really the the center. Yeah. And uh, antagonist of that book, uh, so yeah, I mean, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I'd be curious if we all made a top twenty-five list. I I, I haven't given it a ton of thought here ad hoc, but I'm sure they. I think that's what we're doing. Tom Morris started a thread oh, okay. on the forum. Forum.bullpenbulletinspodcast.com. Nice. Death of Death Gwen Stacy, I think, would be in there. Um, certainly. See, uh, I'd even go back even further. I'd go to uh, Amazing uh, Number Ninety Six. Okay, I, I you know I would I, amazing number thirty three. It's one of my all time favorite issues. Okay, um, and I think that's my favorite uh, Ditko art in Amazing. Uh, I think he, hmm. I, I just think that that is a, a perfect example of Ditko's greatness. Is that issue? Um, yeah, I, being an old school X Men fan, I'd say just about everything in the in the Dark Phoenix saga is nominated. To go in, you know, it's 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 in the team picture there. I think that's part of a great run. So yeah, I mean, there there's obviously so many so many great comics to to yeah. think about. But uh, yeah, to to get to a, a top ten would be really tough. But uh, and, I and I think that's one of the great things about comics, right? Yeah. Is that I mean, I don't know the official number, but I figure Marvel's had to have put out, I mean, several tens of thousands of comics. And years, Ultimate right. Wolverine versus Ultimate Hulk is not in my top 1,000. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Much less top 70. I mean, between That's... us, we've probably collectively read a, a good 70, 80, if not even more percent of the Marvel comics that have come out over the years. <laughs> and I don't think any of us would have that <laughs> within our... If you, if you ever meet me out. at a convention and you're one of the people that voted for that, do not tell me. Because <laughs> I yeah. will fight you. <laughs> Hey, 11 o'clockers. Steve Raker from the forums here. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, uh, actually a few weeks ago, before the uh, con, uh, you guys mentioned in passing uh, the Jack Kirby Collector magazine, and while uh, Vince put up a bit of a defense for it, saying that he's got a few of them on his shelf, um, the uh, subject quickly changed, and uh, we missed a good opportunity to uh, plug uh, a great book and uh, explain a little bit what the Jack Kirby Collector is. So, I'm going to do that real quick. It's a it's a 9.95 retail, although we all know we can get a better discount than that. Um, and it's another fine mag from Tomorrow's with John Morrow um, uh, editing it. And the Jack Kirby Collector's oversized, 10 inches by 14 inches, uh, displaying full original pencil pages of Kirby, galleries, um, unused art, uh, old covers, uh, people's favorite covers, and various uh, collections and lists, etc. Um, all in near true art board size. The front and back covers uh, feature Kirby art inked by modern creators such as Larson, Paul Smith, Steve Root, etc. And uh, there's great regular columns like Mark uh, Evenier's um, question and answer um, about Kirby. Um, there's Kirby fact, myth, and minutia. Um, there's uh, in-depth articles uh, analyzing Kirby's methods, his designs, his history, uh, reviews of books about Kirby, features on Kirby's tools, everything but his actual tool. And if you've ever wanted to read a whole article on the Kirby Crackle, or is it the Kirby Crackle? 
or historical topics like uh, the history of the floating heads around um, a character and, uh, uh, like I said, good unused art. And the art is really gloriously reproduced. Often you can really see the weight and the pressure um, of the lines. Um, there's been articles on hidden messages inked into Thor comics. And, of course, interviews with Kirby um, and interviews with classic and modern cre creators on Kirby um, and parts of interviews where creators talk about uh, what they like about other creators and stuff are some of my favorite interview moments. And these whole interviews are like that. Um, there's transcripts of convention panels honoring Kirby, like the recent issue number 51 featured a Kirby tribute panel with Neil Gaiman, Darwin Cook, Eric Larson, and Paul Levins, moderated by Mark Avenier. And it's cool stuff. And you can store them by uh, turning a magazine box on its side. They fit right in. So everyone should really have a few copies of this magazine on their shelf. Um, you know, you, it might be, uh, you know, they're, they're dense like the other Tomorrow's magazines. might be hard to get through um, reading um, one uh, every quarter when they come out and getting through the whole thing. Uh, but um, you should have a few on your shelf. They're great uh, historical um, records of the king. Another quick book I want to tell you about because it just came out uh, today on Wednesday um, is, and I got an advanced copy of it at the New York Comic Con and uh, with uh, the signed faceplate from the author Craig Yo and um, Stan Lee who wrote the forward is this um, secret identity book, The Fetish Art of uh, Superman's co-creator Joe Schuster. And this is a whacked out book. It's uh, worth really work picking up another good historical record of um, you know, the creator of Superman doing smut like after 1948 when um, uh, he lost his, you know, the battles to get the rights uh, to Superman and keep him, um, you know, he kind of disappeared from, uh, um, you know, visible work for a while. And this is apparently some of the stuff he was doing. And uh, somebody, uh, the author, found these in a rare book uh, store. And they're these underground smutty um, books um, with all these um, good girl and bad girl pinups um, by Schuster. And, of course, um, various um, uh, characters look like uh, Jimmy Olsen or look like uh, Lois or totally obviously look like Superman's face and stuff. So uh, there's kind of that uh, perverse kick out of them as well. Um, but there's interesting text that goes along with it, too. There's all these connections between these um, four juvenile delinquents in the 50s called the Brooklyn Thrill Killers, who are horse-whipping girls and um, beating up and setting fire to and murdering vagrants, um, that um, uh, Frederick Wertham, everybody's favorite uh, anti-comics creator, interviewed the um, leader of this gang when they were all arrested. And, uh, of course, his line of questioning led to comic books, and this guy was, ends up being... Um, uh, saying that he was inspired by these Knights of Horror, um, you know, smut books that Schuster had done, although he never mentioned Schuster, and also said he was a Superman fan, et cetera, and he dressed up like a superhero while he was doing these awful acts. Um, so that led to these, these books being banned, uh, and that's why the, um, the historical record was lost until they were dug up. So uh, it is pretty strange. Um, you can see um, a Jimmy Olsen look-alike turning Lu a Lucy Lane look-alike onto marijuana, uh, if anything, my one complaint is there are um, too many captions um, that just state the obvious. Oh, this guy looks like Perry White. Oh, this guy obviously looks like Superman. Um, yeah, we can tell after the first um, 20 or 30 references as such. So check this book out. Um, if uh, this is uh, something that, um, as Stanley mentions in the beginning, um, fires your rockets. Take it easy, gang. Later. <laughs> While we're talking about favorite issues of Spider-Man, you you know how much love I have for the Ditko stuff and and the and the Golden Age of the Silver Age. My f all time favorite 
Amazing Spider-Man issue? Huh? 135. Uh, what's the cover? The Ramita cover with Spider-Man, like, sort of swinging, crouching in the middle, and the spider motif behind him with the tarantula and the Punisher and Mary Jane. Oh, that issue's perfect. It it was the one time when Face It True Believer, this issue has it all, was they weren't lying when they said that on the cover. That's uh, what and it was uh, drawn by my boy Ross Andrews. Of course, yeah, I was, was. Say, I have one twenty nine hanging up here in my office. But that's I was gonna true. say that's the that's the Punisher issue, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. First appearance. Yeah, didn't know. I have two yet. of those. Didn't know Pena do a nice uh, um, homage Absolutely. to that. That was McCone, wasn't McCone's it? McCone's doing the covers. It was McCone. Oh, cover, really? Yeah, okay. yeah he's, doing, he's 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 homaging uh, the Baron Jansen Punisher number one. There's uh, he he's also doing the. Uh, the cover exactly. of Daredevil, where uh, Punisher shoots Daredevil. There's a there's going to be a cover where he shoots the hood, and a variant where he shoots the Green Goblin. Cool. So he's just he's just going through all the different milestone Punisher covers from various issues and yeah, in real the, nice. uh, yeah, he did what the uh, the Zek um, right cover yes yeah which was which was awesome. I was which are, which are nothing more than goddamn swipes. Oh, so the the, uh, the <laughs> now I I was stoked because I opened up uh, I ripped open oh, the ooh, what? can I say something Absolutely. there's a there's a there's an homage in proof in issue sixteen or is it fifteen yeah. to to a very famous page in Amazing Spider-Man history and Riley Rosmo does. He signs it and then he says after, and I'm not going to name the artist because then oh, you'll, you'll you'll get it. Get out! He yeah. actually does the after. Oh, I'm going to have yep. a tear yep. in my eye. That's awesome. Yeah, there was, I was. That's how it's done. That's how I was, it's done. I was surprised that there was a. I know McCone did a cover for the first issue where you saw he uh, the Punisher. I mean the Punisher. The Sentry was in the Punisher's crosshairs for the first issue. Yep. I did not know that there was a variant. Until I ripped open the envelope when I got my comics, uh, there is awesome. a variant of uh, with with Norman Osborn in that in the crosshairs. Yeah. That was pretty neat. Mm-hmm. By the way, the uh, using Spider Man one twenty nine these days, Boku dollars. Really? How much? Three three fifty. Well, it depends. What condition is it? Do you have it in? Um, I have two very fines. Um, yeah, two two fifty. Hmm. How about mint? I don't have uh, mint. Thousand bucks. Holy mackerel! Wow, yeah, that's a Next lot time. of money. Spidey What's movies. What's it go for on eBay? Uh, it depends if it's CGC graded. Then yeah, you, you, can, I mean, like you buy a slabbed copy for a thousand bucks on eBay. Wow, nice, mm-hmm. nice. Oh, speaking of Spider-Man, that's another thing I've been reading. I uh, all caught up with the um, um, oh, the current story arc. Uh, character assassination. Character assassination. Yep, yep. Very good. Yep. Which that's way? awesome. Did did it come out this week? No, no, not this no. week. So, so the finale is next week. For, yeah, because next week's the first week in March. I think so. Okay. Cool. And and the yeah. last issue, I was bummed because that that cover doesn't uh, represent what's going on inside because Peter Parker's standing yeah. there and he's unmasked. Well, that's that's a statement. <laughs> you silly boys in your Spider-Man talk. It's I, it's it's really good. I I I read. Uh, all what three, four issues because they had the interlude issue. Yeah, and, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a great, great storyline. I really that's a great interlude but, too. It didn't feel like a film. Yeah, but the, um, right, it wasn't really an interlude because it pertained to what was going that's on. Right, it's just is yeah. different artist, and it wasn't. Uh, it was a capture of 
a few minutes between two people while everything that was going on, everything that was sending Spider-Man's world into a tizzy was happening outside of this conversation, but it was still in the now, more or less, even though we got a little bit of information as to why this person does what they do. And you think, how much tail could Peter have gotten over the years if he wasn't such a nice guy? Word. <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, if my friend's girlfriend looked like that and she's hitting on me, I'd be like, see ya. But hey, how, how go. kick-ass? Oh, see, Vince, you're not... Damn. I, well, I didn't read it yet. Yeah. Well, no, it wasn't... In, have you read any of the character assassination? Uh, Did you read, read the, the first f- part? So you know... Why? There's, there's a Why? lot that happens. Yeah, I mean, so, so the things you know with, with 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 Peter's friends, a woman throwing herself at Peter, there was mm-hmm. a reason for that. Yeah, just get caught up. Yeah, she's hungry for dick. Is, oh, That's what the reason you, is. You think so? You think so? But oh uh, uh, no, she's not a munch, is she? No, <laughs> gotta read it, dude. Just you know, right. pick that up. It's good. Oh, I love I love Spidey. And and how great was was Stephen Wacker with his uh with his Q and A. Okay, this okay. Week. Go go what? ahead. But I I have a little. That's my only nit on the on the book. But go ahead. What's they, the nit first? Yeah, my nit yeah. is they they're getting too fucking cute with the editor's notes. It's there were the, in the last issue there. I think there were four editor's notes and oh. there, yeah, they were on like back to back pages at one point. It's like. And each editor's note, they don't just have the editor's note. It's got to be like a little joke. So um, I think they need to fucking relax on the editor's notes a little bit. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, no. it's, cute. it's cute. Ha, ha, ha. I get it. Once or twice an issue is fine. They're starting to overdo there was the one for, oh, There was one for the Superhero <laughs> Registration Act. There's one to get you an idea as to what the hell directing you to marvel.com so you can read that story that I think was in a uh, earlier issue of Spider-Man Extra. Mm-hmm. There 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 weren't I I, I, I there 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 I think we 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 disagree but I I don't yeah, know about too. Too. I, I mean, shit, I'll stuff. take I'll take too many over some books that don't have anyone they fucking need them. Hell, you could put one on the bottom of every panel. Editor's note: I have nothing to say here. <laughs> I would I would love it. That's Marvel, babe. <laughs> yeah, there was it's yeah, it's gotten a little, it's gotten a little. Oh, jeez, Chris hates fun. The, uh, <laughs> the <laughs> that's nice. There was, there was um, the the Q and A with Steve Wacker. Someone, I guess, one of the questions asked was about the Obama cover and and why um why, why the story wasn't the main story. There didn't, but basically, someone was, I guess, just nitpicking on on the Obama cover and the stories within that issue in 583. And I think one of the answers Wacker threw out there was that, uh, you know, the reason it wasn't, you know, we we really only had the opportunity to put Obama's face on the cover of 583 because 584 was starting a new arc called Character Assassination and it probably would have been in poor taste to put the president on the cover with that as a title. Character Assassination, sure. I can see that. Yeah. yeah. Well, where, where their gosh, we could go on and on. Where, where their mistake was is that they made the Obama cover the variant cover, yes. and not the primary cover. The week of the inauguration, whenever you've got um, 
literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people that would have bought that as a keepsake. And no, instead, they put um, Peter on the cover with the two cougars, actually referring to them as yes. cougars. Well, what, right. what I still Hello, say is they, they, you know, as great as you might think Phil Jimenez is, if you're going to get a cover done by John Romita Sr., that becomes your chase. That's your variant cover right there. I, right. I hate right. the concept of chase or variants or any of that. So it's it's of an era that needs to go away. Does is the next fucking Dan Brown book that comes out? Do you think they're going to have a chase cover for it? You know, <laughs> fucking fucking grow up. Who's Dan Brown? He wrote um, uh, Da Vinci Code. Vinci Code and, and, and oh, okay. And right, it, yeah. It's like the next Stephen King book that comes out. Are they going to have a variant chase cover? Yeah, but, yeah, like, but, are we, we going to publish or are we going to play? They, they will if you're but, talking Dark Tower. But no. But see, the thing is, though, if I have I have paperback copies of Stephen King books like Misery and Cujo and things like that, and then a couple of years later they'll come out with a whole new different trade dress new of trade all dress, his old yeah. books. Right. So I, I kind of. Just because they don't come out with that same book at the same time with different covers, you'll eventually get a new printing with a whole new different line with a new look. So books do vary covers also. Yeah, but technically that's for a different audience, one who has not oh, yeah, yet you're to, right. you're you right. know, experience well, those books. Well, to Chris's point, I think he's speaking more conceptually about the fact that Chase variants, which are not limited to comics, obviously they're in playing cards and game cards and stuff too, but it's just that notion of the collector mentality where he's sort of conditioning right. us to... It's bad. To, impugn, to, Im, ...to impart some extra value in something that really ultimately doesn't because even Marvel, though it's a variant, Marvel, we're still... Marvel, you know, yeah. if, if it's a 1 in 25 variant for a book that sells 50,000 copies, you know, you're still... These days, you figure a lot of people are bagging and boarding. I mean, it's still not a rare issue, but yet these yeah. people, you know, people get this belief that, um, you know, and it's cool. You know, look, I mean, to each his own. So I don't ever begrudge people that want to buy variants. Yeah, I mean, especially if you if you order, you know, if you pre-order, a lot of times you can actually, you know, DCBS that you can pay, you can you can pay more for the variant covers. And I know some guys uh, love to do that. Hey, you know, more power to you. I, sometimes some of the variants are really nice looking. I I would if I had a choice of multiple covers that would be cool i would actually like that but i i would i I don't generally or almost would never pay more for a specific cover but uh all all it's all it's about is that they're trying to they use it as a tool to get uh, lcs owners to order more books and that it's a one in 25 well now they have to order 25 copies right or if they want two of them they have to order 50 copies so they use variant covers as a tool to to get people to order more copies of the book. Well, it's, like it's like Brian Hibbs is fond of saying, and I think he said it in his latest column, which is that um, you know it's 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 hard for a lot of people um, to realize, but but it, it needs it needs to be said and repeated um, until everyone does realize it. You know, in the in the comic book market and the direct market, the uh, Marvel and DC's customers are the LCS owners, not not the end readers, because it's exactly. not. So yeah, they do those things exactly to try and get them to bump their order from twenty-one comics to twenty-five. I mean, that's yep. and it works. And if you if you follow the numbers, if you track them, the you know it, it does have an impact. I mean, it, it raises sales, you know, by any anywhere from a few percent to ten, twenty percent, depending on on the issue and the type of variant. It actually works. So yep. they're not going right. to stop doing it as long as it works. You know. Yeah, but, but I'll tell but, you, it, it, I was going through the the cheapy boxes in New York City at the con, um, um, and a a lot of the issues that were in those boxes were regular covers for books that had variants. Oh, sure. 
Yeah, so I mean, they're just dumping the the stock that they have for a quarter pop, and they're probably still making money. Well, I don't know if if, if Raph is listening to this episode, but he works at Midtown Comics, and one thing I always notice about Midtown is they always have all of those various and sundry variants. And in fact, they actually are sometimes are Midtown Comics exclusive variants from from Marvel. But um, mm-hmm. I think I was talking to him about this once once he started working there. Just curious to see if they and he said that those things sell like hotcakes and they mark them up like crazy. I mean, yep. if you go in there and you look behind the cash register, there are tons of variants and these are I don't know whether they're one in twenty five or one in fifty, but they mark them up twenty, thirty, fifty, hundred dollars. And yep. and according to Raf, they they sell pretty pretty frequently. Guys come in, they buy a hundred dollar variant of a comic that just came out and happy as a lark. So, you know, hey, if it makes them happy and, and, and to Midtown's point, like you said, Vince, they probably to them if if they know they can sell that issue for a hundred bucks, it's more than worth it for them to order an extra twenty five copies, you know, of the, uh, yep. the of the main book to get that because, like you said, they'll they'll put it in the back issue bins and maybe when they have a thirty percent off percent a couple months later they'll put them out, you know, and, and and be done with it. And I don't begrudge anybody, like you said, that buys them. If that's your thing, go crazy. Mm-hmm. I I just don't understand why I would pay a premium for a book that I can get for cover price. Sure. I, yeah, and I well, would I, 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 I wouldn't buy it, you know, marked up from the comic shop. I would I would either hit eBay right away, or I would even better case scenario wait six months or a year, and you'll probably be able to pull that out of a out of a cheapy box at a con, or be able to get it on eBay for a yeah. not not much above cover price. Or wait for the collected edition where they're going to reproduce them all in there anyway. Right. So, well, the yeah. older I get, the the more I, I try not to to call attention to things like that because I mean at the end of the day people could always kind of there's always a different line to draw in terms of what's absurd when it comes to something like you know a collectible right I mean I think a lot of people that don't collect comics would argue that we're fools for spending you know 399 for a comic that ultim- amounts to 15 minutes of entertainment you know but when if you you know in terms of minutes I've seen that argument made minutes per entertainment comics are a pretty bad investment right but uh but so that's why I say like but yet I'm more than happy to do it cuz I love this stuff so you know if if guys want to spend 8 bucks for a 1 in 20 variant instead of the main comic and it makes them happy hey it's their money you know it's it's no different than buying a pack of cigarettes for 8 bucks i guess if you if you yeah. I mean do what you do what you do it makes you happy you know you'll only live once now repeat after me there is no controversy. We are a loving internet community. There is no side to ally yourself with. It's all good. It'll just take a little while for me to readjust so I can understand who I'm message boarding with. But I'll learn. I'll, I'll, I think I can make it. I, I, I think it's possible. I've, uh, I've conquered bigger challenges before in my life. I think I can um, do this one too. But you know what I have. You know what I have to do in order to to get my head together and 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 calm myself down when I see all these new names on the forum. You know what I do? I just. I just sit in a lotus position, I close my eyes, and I say to myself, Be senyori. And all is right with the world. Says we're all heading towards a dystopian future anyway. Uh, ooh, speaking, <laughs> speaking of dystopian futures, 
Okay. Scarlet Traces. Did you finally read it? Finally. I got the goddamn book three weeks ago at the New York Comic Con. Jesus. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. I would have yes. been on that sucker. Like, yeah. Yes, I did. Uh, what did you think? I thought it was terrific. Uh, wow. You you didn't? Why? You, why does that surprise you? Um, it seems beyond your now. interest level. I'm sorry. <laughs> Watch yourself yeah. now. It yeah. seemed a little. Mm. See, Wood. It seemed a wow. little too smart for you. Seriously, <laughs> the last this episode of Talking Down <laughs> Comics. Damn. Oh no, I just. Well, come on. Look at it this way. His favorite Marvel character is Wolverine. His second favorite, or probably tied with his first, is Deadpool. I'm not judging. I'm just saying it doesn't seem like the type of book he because it's 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 not a very action oriented title. It's. Go ahead. I'm just going to back Yeah, but the dude's white and listens to Big Daddy Kane. Yeah, I also oh, love the uh, I also love uh, the boys, you know, transmet. I mean, it's not like I need uh, action. Am I in trouble? You're in trouble, little dude. A little bit, a little bit. Anyway, for those that aren't familiar with this, and I wasn't, work but, with uh, the mouth. <laughs> Scarlet Traces is a. Uh, I guess it was originally printed in uh, in Judge Dredd, right? I think that's it was originally. Uh, I was it in 2000 AD, really. Uh, yeah, Judge Dredd. I think it was in three issues of Judge Dredd, um, and then collected. Well, there it. is right. There's no Judge Dredd title. It's either 2000 AD or Judge. I think there's is there a there's a no, Judge Dredd mega, magazine yeah, that's or right. something it, like that. That's what I'm saying. It was printed in in uh, issues four sixteen, four seventeen, and four eighteen of Judge Dredd magazine in 2001. Wow. Uh, and then collected into an OGN. Or I should I should say a GN. I guess it can't be an OGN by definition. Um, but it's it's a small little book. Uh, it's a hardback book put out by Dark Horse. It's written by uh, Ian Edginton and mm-hmm. illustrated by Disraeli. Um, D apostrophe I S R A E L I. He pencils, inks, colors. He does the lettering. He does the whole whole uh, whole ball of wax. Uh, it's a pretty pretty cool story though. It's basically. It takes place right after war. It's a what if of you know with War of the Worlds, and it's basically what if what would the what would the what would England be like, Britain be like after War of the Worlds if if in fact the aliens did all die but left behind all of their technology and we adopted that technology at that time? What would the Earth be like? And it's basically a uh, a murder mystery um, with a little bit of conspiracy thrown in in the backdrop. Though if you have this this almost I don't want to say steampunk, but it's sort of like that. I mean, it's a it's a world of of, of Victorian England, but that has all of this cool alien tech. So uh, there aren't cars, but there are these car-looking things with little alien legs that scurry, and you know, there's unlimited power, and you no, know, you know, it's a uh, it was super, super, uh, you know, very, very original. I, I was a fan of War of the Worlds. I love Sherlock Holmes, so it was a little bit of that because there was a little mystery uh, thrown in, and uh, and Disraeli. Um, I don't. Maybe you guys know if he's done other stuff. I, I wasn't familiar with him other than this, but uh, but reading this book, I mean, it looks to me a lot like um, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I, I think it looks a, a very very similar to that, and uh, and and certainly that that's a, that was a beautiful book too. So um, so yeah, I, I definitely recommend this. I mean, I don't know that it's that easy to find actually, um, but it's fourteen ninety five cover price, and it's it's eighty eight pages. It's a relatively small book, but uh, but if you can find it. And uh, you see it, and you're wondering if it's worth it. I definitely say it is. If you have any interest in War of the Worlds or any kind of you know uh, futuristic or alternative futuristic kind of views, steampunk, anything like that, this is definitely something you should give a try. And it, don't forget, it's a hardcover. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eighty eight page yep. hardcover. And it's uh it's undersized. It's it's um I don't know the dimensions, but it's it's smaller than a typical comic, but not quite as small as like a manga size, so Good stuff. Apparently, uh, above, above my normal level of. of <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say above. I should. Circus, dude. <sighs> hey, hey, Wood. Yeah. Remember, remember who told you that? The guy that reads. Not to mention, I'm the one fucking shipping Essex you know? County, and he's and apparently uh, all he remembers is what he did. <laughs> I am a dickhead. <laughs> I love you guys. That's 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 all we have for this week, folks. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a good place Ended to end it on that. Oh, yeah. Ended on the dickhead. That's be, a good spot. We might we might be back next week. Uh, Maybe yeah. back. We'll be back to talk some comics. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Before oh, and we'll have we our go, contest winner next week. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, 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 next week already. Wow. Well, are we not? Give, I, I assume two weeks would be enough. I mean, if you're not going to sign up, okay, that's fine. Why don't you tell them about the contest Money. in case this is the first time. Okay, uh, go ahead, Vince. Yeah, you. I'll do that because let me. Try to save I'm yourself. all frazzled. I'm not going to remember if, the URL, so I I, I don't have the capacity yeah. to remember the URL. So. All right, that's enough of that. That's enough. <laughs> you know what I meant. <laughs> If you would like a autographed copy of the first House of Mystery trade paperback by uh, signed by Matthew Sturgis, all you got to do is come to our forum at forum.bullpenbulletinspodcast.com, sign up. Uh, we would like you to post a uh, message in the int- introductory thread telling us who you are. That's it. You're in the running for the trade. It's that easy. Join our forum. You're in the contest. And boom. Sweet. You may win it. And we also have another contest, yes? Not a contest, but it's just a nice guy offering from Jeff Lemire. If you pre-order Jeff Lemire's The Nobody coming out from Vertigo Comics, it's in this month's previews magazine. Pre-order that sucker and either email Jeff Lemire or come to our forum and PM Jeff Lemire because he's on our forum. He will do you an original sketch as a way of thanking you for buying his book. And that's crazy. That is really crazy. That and just awesome. to clarify, I guess there were some questions about whether he was taking requests or whatnot. And obviously, given the likely, <clears throat> likely volume of requests that are going to be coming in, I, I did speak with him and he did say just to um, – his intention is to essentially sketch kind of what he feels like sketching for you. It will likely be something oh. from the, um, from the, from the, the book. Um, one of the characters, like the Invisible Man or something. So he did say on our forums that if if you really have something that you'd love for him to do, you know, he, he'll he'll try to get it done for you. But but certainly, if if you don't mind getting kind of whatever he wants to give you, then that'd be cool too. Because local yeah. comic shop or DCBS or online retailers are also also qualify for this. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So there we go. Those are the two things out of the way. And if you'd be so kind to please leave us an iTunes review and tell us how much you hated this piece of shit we just kicked out this <laughs> week. Remember uh, how long ago we used to do that? You used to be like, yeah, this episode's going to be crap. And then we ended up with like 60 pages of uh I can't judge. Feedback. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so I can't judge. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah you, sure should, you shouldn't the judge last shit anymore, dude. Seriously. I'm sure the last... Ted, uh, all right, that's it. Oh, See us next time. Hey, speaking, speaking of forums, uh, our friends yeah. over at Dial R Studios have a new forum, and that's basically dialrforums.com. So folks like Pat Loika, Dave, what's his last Walker. name, Vince? Walker. <laughs> uh, Chris Mays, Jim Andrew uh, Andy, Clark. Andy Jewett. 
Andy Jewett, of course. I mean, Andy Jewett. Andy. Yeah, forget Andy. I love Andy. So, uh, yeah. Okay, that, so uh, Windy City Comic Con. Nice. <laughs> right. So you want to meet people from Dial R? Go to Windy City Comic Con. Yeah, they no do, shit. Um, Pat, Dave, Andy. I'm sorry, I'm stepping all over you. David, hey, it's all right. It's okay. No, it's all good. <laughs> Shit. Um, but yeah, so go to their forum, get your uh, get yourself acquainted with them, and then this way, you know, you get to Windy City Comic Con, y'all can uh, shoot the shit in person. Nice. Yep. And in the meantime, what? I was gonna say nothing. We we have some nice announcements next week for Windy oh, City. Cool. All right. Cool. In the meantime, please do yourself a favor and read. Images proof. Yes. It's awesome. Yep. Read X Factor. Yes, well said. Read uh, one of Marvel's uh, top ten books of all time, Daredevil number one eighty one. And uh, and pick up uh, the uh, the first trade, uh, uh, so wonderfully priced at four ninety nine. The uh, the darkness, accursed by Phil Hester and Michael Broussard. Nice, nice. and and read. Uh, read Bad Dog by Joe Kelly. Mm-hmm. The awesome cool. Song. Did you like that? Loved it. Yeah, he talked about it last week. That was it's fun. good. It's good. Did he? And, I and I please, people, who did? Talked about it off the air. Oh, okay. Please, people, don't read above your reading level. All right? <laughs> Keep it in the zone. <laughs> yeah. Don't hurt yourself. Don't overextend. And, uh, you may pull something. Um, I'm just going to say I that, feel like uh, shit it, now. It, I do. If, you, uh, if you're one of the people that voted for Ultimate uh, Wolverine versus Hulk, um, I, don't want you your to listen cave? I don't want you to listen yeah. to the show anymore. Um, they I'm probably <laughs> don't, dude. So <laughs> I'm Peter. Like, damn it, I voted. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll see, we'll see you next week. We will. Yeah, well, you'll hear it. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Man, I didn't I didn't want it to come out like that. That's not what I meant. <laughs> that was so funny. So goddamn ridiculously funny. Oh, I hate. Uh, no, I, actually, I feel like a dick. I do. Oh, it's not what I meant. It's so oh. fun. We were getting, oh. dude. We were giving each other a hard time the entire time. I loved it. It, it, may, awesome. it may, it may, it may, it may sound like shit whenever it comes out, but I had a good time tonight. <laughs> <laughs>